0: In 2006, I became a member of a site called Earth2.net. Up to that point, I bounced around various other forums, kind of looking for a place. Not long after joining the site, I contributed to a podcast. Uh, It was an episode of Earth2.net, the show. Uh, Before that point, I, I really didn't even know what a podcast was, but I knew it was something I wanted to be a part of. As time has gone on, and my aspirations have gotten bigger, I became the host of three podcasts. My first being Extra Lives. The original idea for Extra Lives was not at all what it later became. Uh, My idea was that I was going to host the show by myself, mainly because I had little faith in my ability to find a co-host that was willing to have the same passion for the subject matter and also the dedication to put together a bi-weekly show. I was fortunate enough to find someone that not only shares my passion for video games and my dedication to getting a voice out there, but my very weird sense of humor. And although he'll often joke that I'm the one that does most of the work for this show, it cannot be overstated that without Aaron, this show would not be possible. And if the show had gone on in my original vision, it would have lasted three episodes. And one of them would have probably been late. We're coming up here on episode 50, which is a big deal to us not only because of the show that we've hyped for several months, but because we didn't think it would be possible to make it this far. Aaron and I joked between each other and on the air, it was a show that we put a lot of effort into, but no one ever listened to. And we didn't say that in self-loathing, we said that almost incredulous to the fact that it managed to go on and gain in popularity. You know, a lot of the shows especially the ones on Earth2.net, have long passed the 50 mark, but for us, it's something major. Considering that the format of the show is not traditional in any sense, and that most of the people hosting video game podcasts are not only getting paid to do it, but are closer to the industry than we are. We're just two guys on opposite sides of the world, that like to talk about video games. Over the course of the 50 episodes, Aaron and I together have covered 17 games. To put that into perspective, the playthrough time of those 17 games combined is over 200 hours. Which means between the two of us, we have devoted 400 hours just to the playthroughs of these games. Which is amazing, and scary, because there's just so much more ahead of us. You know, we asked for episode 50 from you, the listeners, to write in, half because we were starved for content, and half because I was genuinely curious to know... What we'd accomplished in 50 episodes, in terms of the people that we've touched, I'm happy to say that I am thankful and honestly a bit humbled by the response that we've gotten. Many of the people that have written in are not only people that I've met personally, but those that I consider friends. Some that have written in listeners that had never written to the show before, although it feels like, and I'll kind of joke that, you know, we kind of put the the, uh, fate of the show in your hands, I cannot express how much we appreciate it. Now, we're going to do something a little bit different for episode 50. For those that have stuck with us this long, consider it a reward. For those that are listening for the first time, strap in, because this might be the longest episode we ever do. A lot of things in episode 50 are going to be a little bit different, in terms of formatting, in terms of the way the show is put together. And a lot of things are going to stay exactly the same, namely Aaron and myself. We're still going to be two dorks that like to make jokes about fruit, because that's what you've grown to expect from us. I don't know what the future of the show holds. I don't know if we have another 50 episodes in us. I don't know if we have another 5 in us. That's the thing with freelance gaming journalism, as it were. You really don't know what your future is. So all I can say is thank you. And on behalf of my co-host Aaron and myself, we proudly present to you Extra Lives, episode 50. it's that time finally after hyping it for the past five or six episodes we actually made it to 50. Um, gosh. It's kind of amazing actually. We're so old. We are. We. This is actually I mean if we want to really coincide with uh, episode one of the show this is coming right upon our two year anniversary here. Um, I, I think that's what that's the Is it the silver anniversary, or or, or is it, like, copper? I'm not sure. uh, (laughs) Aluminium. I don't know. The aluminium Aluminium. anniversary. (laughs) The aluminium anniversary. Yeah.
1: Why not? You know.
0: I'll tell you you what,
1: you know, listen to a couple of early episodes if you want to hear us when we're all enthusiastic about the world around us. You know, bright-eyed, full of joy. Yeah. That's long
0: past. (laughs) What fools we are. Or what fools we were. Well, what fools we still are, but we're older, wiser fools. And, but, but you know what? We have that excitement back because there's a lot of things that are going on in the world of Extra Lives. Uh, namely, uh, no playthroughs, which is nice, at least for this episode. Yeah. A- and basically relying upon our listeners to supply all of our content, which we got, I, I have to say, um, we got a hell of a response. So Yeah, super I, happy I, with I, the I, outcome, guys. Um but that said, I mean we still have a full full fledged podcast to to do here for you. And you know, we we mentioned there were gonna be some changes. We're, we're gonna just hit you with a curveball here. Um first segment of this show, the two co hosts are going to speak with each other about life about video games and the world around them. Mr. Aaron Robinson, what what has gone on in the life of a a member of the Robinson clan, specifically the one I'm speaking to right now? Well, not as much gaming as what I would have liked these past couple of weeks,
1: but what else is new? Um, Mm. (laughs) That's pretty much as per normal. I... I did say I was going to do a big uh, talk about my experiences with finishing Silent Hill 2. Um, yeah. I, I'm probably going to save that for the next episode because I just know that this episode, when we're done talking and it's going to be 3am for me, mm. I just I just want to save as much time as possible. Yeah. So I think I'm going to save that for the next episode. Um, Fair enough. And, and really, in terms of games that I have been playing, it's been mainly uh, Shinobi uh, for the 3DS and... Ray, uh, Rayman Origins. Mm. So, I mean, it's both platformers that I've already talked about previously. I've already really sort of talked about what interests them, what makes those games interesting to me. Mm. And there's not a whole lot that I've sort of explored with them that's, you know, changed drastically. But i tell you what does interest me, the fact that Tomba is getting a re-release. Yes,
0: yes. That's... It's long overdue, honestly, um, and, and I'm I'm glad because, well, first of all, um, anyone that doesn't have a copy of Tomba already for the PlayStation, it was going for absurd prices. Yeah, um, and, and now people can actually afford it, which which is also always a, a nice little bonus when it comes to video games. <laughs> I've always but, um, wondered
1: why it got renamed to Tomby over here. I, I don't know the story behind hmm. that. I don't know if you've ever discovered the the secret origins of why Tommy got renamed or Tomba got renamed to Tomby. We got the better. We got the claymation box art though.
0: I've always liked that. Really? I, okay, I'm gonna have to look at the uh, the claymation box art here now. Tomby, you say? If you just um, actually go to the Wikipedia page for Tomba, and it has both. Okay. Oh, okay. Let's see here. Tomba. Okay, yeah, the one. Okay, yeah, the one where he has. Okay, okay. As a comparison point here, the the American uh, Tomba artwork shows him looks like he's jump about to jump onto a, a uh, unsuspecting uh, group of pigs there, um, almost in a playful like manner. And then you go down to the the Pal artwork, and he has a look in his eyes. Um one of creepiness, I guess you could say and, and 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 to make it even worse, the pig in front of him has an expression of pure unadulterated anguish and fear as he runs away um I, I think that the pigs are kind of more frightened in the American version to be honest. It, it's debatable, but what cannot be debated is the look of evil in his eyes. He's actually in looking at his
1: prey. In yeah. Tombi, as opposed to Tomba, where he's just sort of
0: staring at the camera as if they go, like, "Huh?
1: Huh? Guess he's gonna wrestle some pigs."
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, he's showing full-on, you know, threatening fangs in, in the PAL artwork, and he's got these little like tooth nubs, you know, in, in the uh, in the American artwork. So, but but you know what, the game experience unchanged, otherwise outside of that. So yeah, that's always good to know. And you got to respect a de- developer called Whoopi Camp. Literally, the only two games they made were Tomba and Tomba Two. Yeah, they weren't long for this world. No, and and, and you know what they they were they were a star that burned bright, for, for but burned out quickly. And yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I mean, Tomba's always a game that I've thought about playing for a playthrough at some stage. Although, I mean. For a, like, adventure, like a 2D action adventure game, it's pretty long, like a, a good, what, 20, 30 hours, I wanna say? Yeah. Jumping around and exploring different areas and completing quests, it's, it's, it's a really, it's, it's a decent sized world, and there's a lot of stuff to do within it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of sort of secret hidden things, and, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's a, it's a, it's a strange game, it's a very, uh, What's the word? Uh imaginative's one word, but I'm trying to think um specifically like I it has a very
0: if it, it it's a very distinct very, hybrid of genres that you see. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but um you yeah, don't see uh, too many platformers with RPG <laughs> elements really. So Well,
1: I mean I guess these days you kind of do.
0: Well, yeah, but 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 in in this in the
1: way that it was quest based. Yeah, know. yeah, that, that it's very specific. It's it's not stats so much as the the way it handled quests and equipment and stuff. It was yeah, really interesting. Um, I never played Tomba Two or Tomb Two or whatever it was called down here. Um, I've I've always kind of wanted to. I think we've talked about Tomb Two before.
0: You've played it, haven't you? Um, yeah, I'm I, I, I'm pretty sure Tomba was a box game at one point because um, I know we talked about it. Um, yeah, yeah Tomba Two, I have played. Um, <sighs> yeah, because I I
1: was always put off by the graphics. I I love mm-hmm. that melding between like the 3D and 2D art of the first game, and for them to transition into, you know, really ugly PS One, 3D yeah. art for for the sequel just kind of disappointed me so much that I never really got got around to playing it. But um, yeah, I don't know if the gameplay. Is actually as good as in the first one.
0: It's pretty comparable. Yeah. Um, it just, it didn't seem like it was as wide open as the original Tomba was. Yeah. For what it's worth. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth checking out. It's also quite rare, although not to the extent of the original. Yeah. Um, looking now, actually, brand new sealed copy of the PlayStation 1 version of Tomba is going for 70 bucks. Um... Although although there's one guy here that's trying to sell it for 450. Uh, good luck with that one. But uh, yeah, I I I I I'm lucky enough to own a copy of it and thus do not need to pay such a ridiculous price. But I'm still going to probably buy on PSN. Although they, there's also a chance they might offer it on next month's um, PlayStation Plus like freebies. So. Because hmm. it seems like the exact kind of thing they would put on there.
1: And of course, there's no current uh, expectations for a European or Australian release, but we'll see. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, I, I, I was I was actually thinking about you know your uh, the poor state of things for for the PSN, you know, and, and what you guys don't have there. And, and I, was, I was actually thinking of um, getting a. Uh, a Japanese PSN account, because there's a few uh, PlayStation 1 originals on there that I, I kind of want to play.
2: Hmm.
0: So, but, but that's also a matter of paying uh, for marked-up points cards and waiting for them to come in the mail and stuff like that, and then finding a fake Japanese address and, and all these good things. But you know, there's, cert- there's certain ones on there that might be uh, worth the effort at some point, maybe. But,
2: but yeah.
0: All right. And... What's going on in your world, Damien? Well, you see, you know, you live in your world, but you play in ours. As I like to say. Um, so, so my big thing recently, um, I, I think everyone's aware of the, of the site, Cheap Ass Gamer. Yes. Um, which is a great site, just for people that not only are into games, but just into f- it, it almost feels like you're cheating. You know, it's kind of a game in and of itself, like a meta game of finding certain, you know, new releases for super cheap. So Best Buy had a one day sale um, for Silent Hill Downpour. It was ten bucks. Huh. Um, now, I obviously everyone knows that at some point I was going to play Silent Hill Downpour. Um, it was actually in my gamefly queue, but. They weren't going to send it to me because they were too busy sending me numbers eleven and fourteen on my list, like they always do. I I now know just to populate my list with like four games, so so they don't have a choice. Um, But um, yeah, so I got that for ten bucks. The funny thing is, if I hadn't known about the flyer and I just walked into the store, I would have had no idea it was on sale because the um, the price sticker in the store said it was still sixty. Um, but I but I lucked out and brought it up to the counter I was like and and I became one of those customers who was like I read online that this was on sale for $10 and and the lady looked at me she was like sure and then she scanned it she was like oh actually it is $10 okay cool you but, don't have um, those little like in-store scanners No no not for Best Buy um hmm. they have like they have them in Walmart's and Targets and stuff Yeah yeah but, um no um Best Buy is, is not a place I I really like going to to buy things anyway, just because of the way they've changed their stores so much. I mean, they're practically cell phone stores now, and there's not really a whole lot there for people that are into like movies or, you know, games or things like that. But, um, yeah, it, it was 10 bucks. I've just started playing it. Um, trying to go with an open mind. Um, and succeeding? it's exciting, it's ugly. <laughs> Yeah. It's really ugly. Okay, I understand, especially since we covered Silent Hill 2, which is a game I'm such a big fanboy of. It would not be fair of me to compare it to the Japanese-made Silent Hills. So instead, I'm comparing it to the other Western-developed Silent Hill game, uh, specifically Homecoming. You know, which is okay, not great, Compared to Downpour, Homecoming is brilliant. <laughs> from what I've played thus far, yeah. Well, um, it's in, well, it was made it's in, in Czechoslovakia, yeah. right? So, yeah, those those Czech developers, I tell you. Um, the, the 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 major things that I'm, I'm having a problem with. Um, well, first of all, there seems to be like this morality system thing going on, hmm. where you'll occasionally have the choice to, like, make a good or bad decision. I, I'm assuming this is only for ending purposes. So you a Paragon, or...? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going a Paragon playthrough right yeah. now, Silent Hill Downpour. Um have, have not run into any Blue Alien side-move, side as far as I can tell. But maybe that'll be one of the uh, the monsters later on. Um, the, the thing that's really disappointing me, outside of the fact that all the levels are really generic-looking... Uh, and the combat is horrible. Um, well, okay, I'll, I'll talk about the combat first, actually. So, it, it's it's a big emphasis on melee, you know, like the other ones have been recently. And there's you know, the normal attack button, but if you get a gun, there's the button to, to shoot after you've drawn the weapon. Well, this... The same button to shoot is also the same button to throw away your melee weapon. So if you're used to using that button to shoot, and say, for example, you have an axe or something, which is the best melee weapon in the game, you can accidentally throw it away and lose it, which is something I've done a few times. Yeah. Um, the, other, the other thing that's really disappointing me... You know, we played Silent Hill too, and even, even Homecoming has some really interesting monster designs. You know, there's a very distinct... Look to a Silent Hill monster. The monster designs in, sil- in this game are the laziest. It, it, it's like screaming woman. Like screaming zombie woman is, is an enemy. Um, shirtless bald dude. That kind of looks like a zombie. Like zombie. It's basically all zombie based. I'm scared uh, already.
1: Shirtless yeah, bald
0: like, dude. Sorry, shirtless bald dude. Yeah. It, it, like, he, he's pale. He's, he's kind of like white colored. I guess that's scary. Maybe. No, look. Well, that's
1: um, just what the 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 Czech find scary. You know, like it, it's this very Eastern European sort of scares. Like, it, look, you know, it's it's a cultural thing. Like, you come home, you play this game. You know, it's nothing. But there's mm-hmm. people in Czechoslovakia right now who are scared witless from this game
0: because
1: they're, ter- it they're to terrified very specific of specific fears.
0: It... <laughs> the albino muscle heads are just the most terrifying thing in the world to these people. Screaming, screaming, uh, homeless. They're not even like zombie looking ladies. They look like they're homeless. You know? It, it looks like I'm, like in condemned, I'm beating up homeless people. It's horrible. Um the story seems interesting enough, although I, I've already guessed what the twist is. You know, cause it's, it's been the same twist for the past five games. Um but, but there are some interesting fun details in there, which is kind of weird because they, clearly acknowledge that they've paid attention, or at least some attention, to the previous games. You know, there's a lot of memos that you pick up that have surprising amount of detail in them. Um, at one point, you come upon a, a beach that has a, a canoe washed up, and, you know, you can kind of draw your own conclusions as to what canoe that is. It's it, There's a lot of really interesting things that I think it does, but it's just the rest of it's so damn generic. Um, I, I'm only a few hours in, though, um, so I, I will definitely... I'm gonna finish it, obviously, but um, and I'll probably have more say, more to say about it next episode. But um, uh, thus far, I'm not lighting my world on fire. Um, you know, I played a bit more of the stuff that was in the uh, PlayStation Plus free games giveaway. Um, so I was playing a lot of Virtua Fighter Final Showdown. Yes. I can't. Apparently, and and this is kind of something that surprised me. I'm a really good Virtual Fighter player. <laughs> um. Like I'm smoking, dudes, sure. and it, it's it's not really particularly hard. I'm playing. I'm, pl- you know, I'm playing online. Um, there's there's a character uh, named Brad, who who's a kickboxer, and and because of the custom, you can do like customization and stuff for your character, and you can make them look kind of silly. So I gave him a, a very um, you know distinguished old timey mustache. And, and um i i gave him um like blue boxing gloves so he now he looks exactly like dudley from street fighter <laughs> yeah and i was like i wonder how many matches i can win only hitting the punch button um i am now like i think it's like th- the ranks are like you know you go through a uh, 10th Caillou and then you build up to like first Caillou and then you go to like first Dan, second Dan, third Dan, things like that. I'm at like fourth Dan hitting nothing but the punch button. <laughs> now, granted a lot, there's, there've been people that have actually know what they're doing who have completely destroyed me, but occasionally I'll run up uh, like I'll run across a person who knows exactly what I'm doing. And, you know, th- I've actually added to my friends list by playing like a jackass. It's kind of amazing. Um, but yeah, I've had a lot of fun with that. And
1: so, are you glad to see this game sort of get a bit of a like a reemergence, I guess. In in appreciate, or you know what I mean, like its fan base has sort of come back to it because it, it kind of got forgotten early off early on in the um, console cycle since it was a fairly early game for the PS3 yeah. and 360.
0: And it's good and bad in a way. Good because. This, I mean, yeah, it's it's a much less popular series here than it is overseas. Yeah. Um. But bad in the sense that this might be the last Virtual Fighter for a while. At the same time, yeah. Um, and 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 the this might kind of be like just their way of saying, well, thanks for because originally they had no intention of bringing this out, and like there was a lot of fan petitions and things, and basically people had to express to Sega that they actually wanted it here. Yeah. Um, and and I think making it part of the um, the PlayStation Plus you know free package for this month is a big bonus to it because I think a lot of people are going to try it that normally wouldn't have. Um, but yeah, and, and it, it's evidenced by the fact that I have been destroying a lot of people because a lot of these people are clearly beginners. Yeah. Um, and I think they could grow something there. Um, from what I can tell, the people that play Virtual Fighter online tend to just be nicer than the people that you would play Street Fighter with or, or some of the Capcom fighters. Um, and because they realize the community is so small, they're not going to, you know, try to send you messages, you know, cussing you out and stuff like that. I've actually had guys who have beaten me two rounds straight because it, it's best three online. Yeah. I've had, I've had people that have destroyed me two rounds straight and they're clearly very good players. And then they've actually given me around just like a like clearly just stopped hitting buttons to 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 give me one just to kind of as a show of good faith it's really weird and and you've never seen that in any other fighting game it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of awesome in a way honestly you know as to say yeah i'm much better than you but i'm not trying to turn you off to the idea of trying you know to get better um and it's a pretty simple game i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of depth to it, but at the same time, it's three buttons. It's punch, kick, and block. Yeah. Um, just then permutations of directions and things. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to be sticking around with for a while. Um, at first, I was kind of turned off by the lack of a really strong single-player mode. But, you know, on- w- online's more than more than adequate enough, and I did cave in and buy all the cu- all the um, the customization parts and stuff, so that actually opens up a lot of the other modes. Um and, and the amount of stuff you can customize, honestly, is is better than any other 3D fighting game that I've seen so far. So, um, but yeah, so I've had fun with that. Um, just Cause Two, I played for about five minutes, yeah, and realized I didn't need to play Just Cause Two ever ever again. Um, I played through the demo, and that was about it. Yeah, it's just really generic. It, it just feels like it's got nothing to offer. Um, well, I think it sort of offered a level of craziness
1: before. Um, Saints Row 3 came along. Sure. Possibly even before Saints Row 2, I'm not quite sure. It was around about... I don't think there was much difference between the two. But, mm. you know, like, it was sort of like, hey, you can, like, jump out of an aeroplane while it's moving and parachute in and grapple onto the ground and mm. you know, do kind of crazy stuff with the physics, but mm. from what I've played of it, it wasn't really enough to sort of keep me going for more than, I don't know, half an hour or so.
0: Mm. It, it, there's a certain appeal to, you know, flinging off of a building and parachuting and then shooting guys while you're, yeah. like, parachuting down and stuff. But when you're not doing that, y- at the moments in between that, it's just... Y- y- from what I can tell, your guy has no melee attacks, so when you're out of bullets, you're kind of screwed. Um, and just the way control was really awkward, and it was like... I don't know. It felt like I was playing Siphon Filter or something. Like, <laughs> just it, it felt like it was from a different era. Um, and I, granted, I'm not the most sophisticated you know shooter guy in the world, but eh, it just didn't really have a whole lot for me. And it's a huge file. It's like seven gigs. I'm like, I'm not going to play this ever again. So I deleted it. Yeah. Um, there's there's a few other things that I've only dabbled in, like the um, to, the Lara Croft and the Guardian of the Light, which I'm, I'm going to give a really good try to. I've only started that one. Um, also, just been kind of hanging around the um, Amazon Marketplace. Um, for, for those that don't know, um, on Amazon there there's the place called Marketplace Deals. It's basically like the yard sale version of Amazon, wherein you can find a lot of open items at heavy, heavy discounts. Um, most notably, it was like February of last year, I believe. For some reason, a bunch of like brand new games showed up on the Marketplace for a penny each. Huh. And it was only for that one day, and a bunch of people ordered, you know, tons of stuff for a penny each. And some of the orders were canceled, but a lot of the people, and I actually know somebody, got all the games they ordered. And they were all a penny each. And they never explained why. You know, if it was some kind of glitch or, you know, somebody was, uh, like, unauthorized sellers, I have no clue. But, um, so now I've just been going through, uh with the Amazon gift card balance. of that, Cause I always have something on there usually from something I've traded in or something and going through from cheapest to, um, uh, like from lowest to highest in prices and looking at games that are like pennies and like 20 cents and stuff like this. And it's horrible. It's, it's mostly sports games, Mary Kate and Ashley games, stuff yeah. like that. Bobby's a world, but PS one, or adventure stuff. I already have. So, you know, there's no reason for you to buy it. Yeah. But, um, you know, sled storm. Like, yeah, just forgot. I
1: mean, one of them is going to be like fresh in the, you know, brand new mm. in the box. So, mm. you want to have one that's opened and one that's
0: brand new. So, yeah, one for show when I can play. And exactly. It's basically, is how I'm, I need two copies of every American National game. But um, but you know, occasionally you'll find something interesting. Like Midnight Club is not a game I was really hugely interested in, but for two dollars I can I can I can deal. Um, I actually ordered uh, no one. No One Lives Forever, because that was a game I heard a lot of great things about and played for a while um, back in the day, but I remember almost none of it. So I got that for the PS2. That was like 3 Um And, and it's in good condition, you know. Um, as long as you go out of your way to find something that's described as like new, I think it would be good. Um, there, There's only one game I got that was in a condition that I did not, um, that was not as described. And I, I was disappointed about that. But you know what? I can play R- Rumble Roses some other time. So, <laughs> Yeah. And, and I have the sequel, R- Rumble Roses XX, coming, so I, that'll hold me over for a while. Um, I also have Rocksmith on the way, so I'm very excited to try that out. I finally I finally found a store that wasn't selling it for $80. I found it for, like, $35, um, and that's new in box and everything, so I am very excited to try that out. Um Outside of that, there's one more thing I must partake in here for this first segment before we move on. You know, the, my local comic book store or my my LCS, as the cool kids say, um, tends to carry many drinks of a of a nerd like uh, fashion. Um, there's one, and there's one I I, uh, I already posted in the forums. I found out that There's an Alice in Wonderland drink called Drink Me.
2: Yeah,
0: I ordered like I, I I bought like twelve of them. It's delicious. It tastes like uh, like cherry ginger ale. It's really good. Um, but I have two other ones here I have not yet tried, and I'm going to try them here live on the air. We have, we have Power Up, which is a Mario-themed drink. It just says Power Up Energy Drink. The, the disturbing thing about these, they don't list a flavor. They don't say what they taste like. It's Power Up flavor. Yeah, it's power-up flavor. I'm assuming it's going to be a mushroom of some sort, because that is what Mario is holding. Although the mushroom he is holding has also has a face of its own on it, so... Alright, we're going to try power-up here. I'm going take any sort of guesses as to what power-up is going to taste like. Delicious shiitake. Perhaps. Alright, here we go. Oh! 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 Okay, okay. It's like a, okay, did you, have, have you ever like had like a like a Jolly Rancher and you kept it in your pocket for too long? You,
1: you're saying things that mean very little to me, being on the other side of the oh, world. No, I'm,
0: no. no I'm, say, I'm saying this to our listening audience because oh. they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Of <laughs> course. It, it, okay, this basically tastes like a melted candy. Um, but it has a lot of caffeine, clearly. Oh, okay. God. Mmm. Oh, okay. I'm gonna mix that in with something else. Okay. The other one we have here. Resident Evil, it's called T Virus Antidote. Is
1: that so, an official so, licensed Capcom one or
0: Um it, it 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 has the Umbrella Corporation logo on it and it has the Capcom logo on it, so I'm assuming so, yeah. Yeah, these are officially licensed drinks, which is the funny thing. All no, rights reserved.
1: I, I thought the um, the power-up one might have been, like, some shady little, you know...
0: Yeah, like Korean Mario or something? Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it just said
1: powered up with a mushroom on it, but it's not
0: necessarily
1: yeah. Mario. Oh, no, it's, you
0: know, it's, it's... Yeah, it's totally uh, legit. It's got Nintendo... An official uh, product. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they would be uh, putting their name on that, though. That's pretty horrible. Okay. So we have T-Virus Antidote here, so... These were all from a company called uh, the Boston America Corps. So, all right, T virus antidote. Here we go. It tastes like kiwi. <laughs> um. Apparently, that's the the cure for the T virus. Um. Let's see what's in this thing. Um, high fructose corn syrup, of course. Um, it just says fruit and vegetable juice um, and and ginseng root extract. There's there's a lot of kiwi in here. Yeah. All right. Now, of course, the one thing we have to do. What do they taste like together? <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, you know. Uh, I actually felt brain cells die when I, when I drank that. Uh, so this experiment didn't work out too, too well, but, uh, there are many other drinks in their assortment that I, uh, that I, I was looking, there's a Sonic, the Hitchhog one, there's a street fighter one. So I will continue this journey. The Alice one's delicious. So I don't know what, and that, uh, that
1: one's made by the same company.
0: Yeah, it's the same company too, yeah. which is kind of the, the amazing thing. Um, so I'm gonna to have to finish these while we do the show here. But um, so if you hear me just randomly vomit, that's why. Um, yeah, the, of the two, the Resident Evil is, is better, um, only because I can tell what that's supposed to be. But um, yeah, the power up I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend to uh, anyone that enjoys uh, enjoys life really. Okay.
1: This is an aside. I uh, I was going to uh, swing by hole I did try to swing past the moral shop near my house to purchase mm. some banana bread beer
2: mm-hmm.
1: specifically for the consumption of during this episode. I mm-hmm. uh, only to find that they had closed. Ah. I might gotten there.
0: There's always, there's always next episode.
1: Oh, sorry. I know, but this is the big 50 extravaganza. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's true. You know, we can always just tell people you drank it. I'm so mm-hmm. wasted right now and you can also, and you can say it tasted just like kiwi where we would have normally talked about the upcoming games we were looking forward to and what we wanted to play. We would sit here for 15 minutes racking our brains about stuff because we didn't know it was out. We're going to streamline this process a bit because I have in front of me the master list ripped from the pages of time. The list of all the games that are coming out in the next two weeks. Are you ready to experience the future of gaming? I think I am. All right. For the week of June 18th to June 24th, we have the PSN version of Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Future Soldier, which is a game I'm sure we're both going to pick up and play immediately. Definitely. Um, Quantum Conundrum, which I'm actually going to try... Cause it does look really, really interesting. Um, that's that portal game from. Um, well,
1: That that portal game. That's that game from the uh, the guys who worked on the portal game previ-
0: previously, right?
1: I can see the
0: premise. You got it. You got it right. That portal game. That's basically what it is. Um, <laughs> that's what everyone's calling it, at least. Yeah, it's it's the one with the dimension shifting where you could be in like fluffy world and heavy world, weird yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So it's worth at least a demo, I'd say. Um, something I'm actually strangely interested in now: um, Lego Batman Two, because um, because because now the inclusion of all the other uh, DC superheroes in it, and there was a trailer also because they now added voice acting to the, to the Lego game, which is kind of weird, but but it was uh, it seemed pretty humorous. And and I liked the the portrayal they had of, of Superman and Batman, so that's gonna be on my gamefly queue. Uh since it's a new release, I'll get it mailed to me some point in January of next year. Um alright. Steel Battalion Heavy Armor. Hmm. That is this is the Connect the Steel Battalion game. Yes. This does not require a five hundred dollar controller. Um like the Xbox game did. It just requires your arms. Yes, your arms and your imagination, basically. Um, everything I've seen about it, though, looks really interesting. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how that reviews, and, I, and I'm all, and I'm super interested to see the quick look that's going to go up of this when Giant Bomb gets a hold of it, <laughs> because I can just I can just see the hilarity that will we'll ensue there. Um, Civilization Five is getting an expansion called Gods and Kings. I'm not a Civ Five player, so I do not know what that entails, but I'm sure if you are, you are very excited for it. The DS is actually getting a new release. The the old school DS here. Pokémon Conquest. Wow. This actually sounds really awesome. And I'll tell you why. It combines two things that had never before been combined in a DS title. Pokemon and Nobunaga's ambition. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's going to be, I guess, a strategy war game with Pokemon. That sounds amazing. It does. Feudal Japan fought with Pokemon. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I'm, right. I'm in. You know, um, sign me up. That's basically, you know, uh, uh, that looks, that looks awesome. Here are two really interesting ones. You know, everyone talks about how point-and-click adventures are dead. We're getting two of them this week. Um, we're getting Resonance, and the other one is called Dark Eye: Chains of Satanav.
1: <laughs>
0: I've heard of neither. Okay, um, the, the Dark Eye is based off of the fantasy series, not the not the um, Edgar Allan Poe horror game. Okay, I know nothing about it. All it says is fantasy-themed point-and-click game. Um. Resonance is apparently going to be some sort of like time travel thing, but point and click um, looks kind of interesting. So I'll have to see how that turns out. It's got a very basic art style to it, but conceptually, um, people seem to be kind of excited here for what, what I'm seeing here. Um, yeah, um, you have you have the possibility to overcome death by rewinding time in the game. So, rewinding time in a point-and-click adventure. I'm going to kind of intro to see how that works. So. Yeah, yeah. So. And, and there's actually one, one screenshot I'm looking at here that looks... I guess the artwork is just unfortunate because this person has pants, but they're flesh-colored, and, and it looks like this person is actually wearing no pants at all. Wonderful. Yes. So, I mean, that's a selling point, I guess, for sick people. Um... Tomba, like we mentioned, is coming out on PSN. That is going to be come out actually before this episode airs. Huh. So by the time you hear this, um, it'll be out. It's the 19th.
1: If you go to PlayStation and you live in the U.S., go out and
0: buy it, kids. Yeah, I, I, I highly recommend it. It, it. it no doubt gets the Extra Lives Gold Award. Or the Aluminium Award for this episode. <laughs> um, Brave, I guess this, this is the new Pixar movie. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's getting it's getting a uh, a game adaptation for literally everything. Of course, the the PS3, the 360, the Mac, the Mac. I mean, for God's sakes, it's getting a Mac adaptation. Who who buys adaptations of Disney movie games or Pixar movie games for the Mac? You know? Okay, whatever. Um, so that Magic the Gathering um online title. Uh, Duels of the Planeswalkers is apparently getting a third edition, and they're still not letting you edit your own decks, so what's the point? I guess that's why they needed a third edition, because people will still keep buying it if they need, if they actually want new cards out of the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tiny and Big Grandpa's Leftovers. <laughs> Alright. Another game for the PC. It's a physics-based action-adventure platforming sandbox game. Sure. So. The game is a sandbox in which you need to solve puzzles presented to you using various tools, including a ray cutter, a grappling device, and rockets. Okay. The game has a 15-song soundtrack composed entirely by indie bands. No. For an indie game? No. Okay. Uh, Two Worlds, the Velvet Game of the Year edition, is coming out for the PSN, apparently. I've I've never played Two Worlds 2. I played Two Worlds 1, and that was bad enough for me, so yeah. I never bothered with the second one. Although I hear the second one was better to be fair. Mm. Uh roller coaster rampage. Um, there is no information for this game, so I can only assume you play as a roller coaster out for revenge. Um, looking to destroy all those all those um, inconsiderate children that have spilled uh drinks and greasy food upon your seats. It's up to um, you to destroy any other form of transport. The last, the last boss is a train. That actually be pretty awesome. All right, for the week after that, for June twenty fifth to July first, we have the Walking Dead uh, episode two. Um, I haven't played this, but from what I can tell, this you know, is getting pretty good uh, reception from people. From what it, from what I can tell, I'm just kind of burned out on the whole Walking Dead thing. I think the books were enough for me. I never watched the show. Yeah. And now we have a game too, so it's kind of a lot to juggle. Um. Babel Rising, Uh, this is the strategy tower defense thing, I believe, for the PC. Uh, I think this actually is already out for the um, PSN and XBLA. Um, The Amazing Spider-Man, the video game, which is also coming out for everything. To be fair, this actually looked really good. Um, It's made by the same people that made the last two Spider-Man games. Um, One of those was a good game, so, you know... And honestly, just graphically, this looks fantastic. Um, you know, um, it's supposedly, I guess, a sequel to the movie. Or it's, it's after the movie or something. That's interesting. Um, I, but it comes out before the movie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Granted, only by like a day. Or, no, I'm sorry. No, it comes out the same day as the movie. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah.
0: Or wait, no, is it? yeah I don't know okay not yeah, but, sure um but yeah from, from what I can tell um because the movie has the lizard as the main villain yeah they're continuing to run with that idea and they're making all of the villains in this um also kind of like animal hybrids so they're going for like so the rhino instead of being a thug in a suit is actually an actual rhinoceros man hybrid and it looks kind of interesting. Hmm. So, and this is also going to be the return of the open world kind of like web slinging from like the Spider-Man 2 Days so that should also be pretty interesting yeah so that'll be a a surefire rental if nothing else see what they do with it I have like next to no interest in the movie but I could always use another Spider-Man game alright Dead Island Game of the Year Edition (laughs) I'm assuming this is Just Dead Island with whatever DLC came out for Dead Island? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. They already had their chance with me. I'm not giving them another one. Um, Game of the Year edition, though? Like, who voted that Game of the Year? Uh, Were there that many people? (laughs) Two Worlds 2 got a Game of the Year edition, so, you know? Oh,
1: okay. I, I honestly thought Game of the Year edition meant that it was a... I don't know. I don't know.
0: It should, in principle, in principle, you are correct. Yes, <laughs> but Game of the Year Edition has now just become a catch-all for a re-release with DLC. Unfortunately, um, you know, blame the Elder Scrolls games, I guess, because they were the first to do it, I believe. Um, Spec Ops: The Line. Okay, okay. Here's a concept for you. You're a soldier. With me so far? With me so far? Ah, uh, you've lost me. Sorry. Soldier, you say? Dude with guns. You're dude with guns. Oh, oh, those, those people. Gun dude. You're a gun dude. You're a gun dude, bro. In the desert. Yep. Third person. Shooting things. Yep, 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 yep. I've already there spent may be dubstep. 60 There may be dubstep. There will <laughs> most definitely be Nolan North. You know? I, I mean, pre-order now for the um, extra gun thing. <laughs> This has the dumbest trailer I've ever seen. It's, it's, it's like the expressionless face of the protagonist walking slowly towards the camera as the background changes behind him and dubstep plays. It's, it's crap. It's horrible. It, it, whoever buys games like these, you're part of the problem. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Uncharted uh, and Uncharted 2 are both coming out for PSN, so you can now download those. The 3DS is getting some titles. Um, Heroes of Ruin which looks like to be an action RPG of the Diablo sort. So, look you know, if that's something you're into. But really, the big news, July 1st, you know what's coming out for the 3DS? Mist.
1: Wow. Not even, like, real mist or something like that. No. But Another re- release of Mist. The original mm-hmm. DS got a release of Mist. I think we've actually
0: gone into this.
2: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: But, but but this, this is for the 3ds. Yes. So I'm sure
1: they've redone it in 3D, which is just dandy.
0: These this is a list of this is an incomplete list, but this is the list thus far of the systems that have gotten a port of Mist. Ignoring the fact that the PC alone has gotten three ports. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and I love Mist for the record, but yeah, um, it's come out for the uh, PlayStation Network, the PSP, the Amiga, the Saturn, <laughs> the regular PlayStation, the 3DO, the CDI, the Jaguar, the Jaguar CD, the Mac, the regular DS, and the iPhone. I believe it's also out for Android now too. So if you're looking to get your fix of Mist, sadly, you have many there's no way of playing it. It's impossible in this day and age. Well, I mean, you can't get it to run on any of those systems I named, but it is available yeah. to download. Uh, you actually have to get it in floppy form, no matter what the system is. Yeah. It comes out on 27 floppy yeah. disks. They must be exchanged every time you uh, have to move forward. So There's a password underneath one of them. <laughs> well, of course. It's, it's very meta. There's a puzzle solution actually written on the back of one of them that's not actually uh, ever uh, told to you in the game, so... Also, no FMV on that edition, but uh, you you can't have everything. So yeah, um, Resident Evil Chronicles HD Collection is coming out for the PSN. This actually looks like just HD remixes of the two Wii games that came out, the two shooters. Um, But it's going to be for Move, because that's the little thing, apparently. Sure, why not? Yeah. Yeah, that's Uh, a Capcom thing to do.
1: (laughs) I can't be surprised hmm. by that at this day and age.
0: Yeah, but but you know what, all the DLC for that, not on the disc. So, you know, at least we got that going. <laughs> um the third penny arcade game. If if you're interested in that, uh, is coming out for XBLA.
1: Yeah, made by the uh different by a completely different developer this time. A really
0: small developer that made um those little downloadable RPGs for the 360 and it, Yeah, this looks completely different too. This is actually 2D it looks like. Yes. So, hmm, okay. So yeah, it's being made by Z-Boyd Games.
3: Yes. So.
0: Hmm. A tiny little developer. I'm surprised they actually
1: got the license. But, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what they do with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it looks like they made it an RPG maker. <laughs> it's just like, wow. Huh, okay, sure. Um, Mini Ninjas Adventures for XBLA? I'm not familiar with the original Mini Ninjas, so can't vouch for the quality of that one. Um, we're, we're getting uh, Jeremy McGrath's Off-Road for XBLA and PSN. I'm going to assume that it's a game in which you race and roads are not involved. This much is factual. And from the pictures I can see, no road in sight. So that much is good. London uh, 2012, the official video game of the Olympics. Which is good, because all those unofficial Olympic (laughs) games are really starting to, you know, get my dander up. I can't wait to
1: alternatively alternatively tap two different buttons Mm -hmm. to make my
0: guy run faster. There will be hurdling. there will be canoes, there will be a shot put in javelin. Um, It looks like volleyball for the first time here. Um, You know, cycling... And then there's just a man who's not even committing a sport. He just he's just holding a flag aloft. Um, He kind of looks like Kurt Angle, actually, but um, I don't I don't believe it's Kurt Angle. If there's no curling, really, what's the point? Um, Yeah. So continuing the the long, strong tradition of Olympic video games. Then we have Sledgehammer, which is the only description for Sledgehammer listed here. In Sledgehammer. Your goal is to avoid other cars that will try and crash you. Sure. Which I think is advice for really life in general. So. The world's out Those are. Yeah, those are your those are your new releases for the next two weeks. You have that to look forward to every single episode from this point forward. Well, I'm excited. As you should be, because there's other exciting things going on in the world of, of Extra Lives. You know, we innovated. A, 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 a never before seen segment on this show. Um, I think it was twenty some episodes ago, perhaps, called the box. I'm sad to announce the box is no more. Um, it is. It, it's been. It's too organized. The magic is gone. So we had to find an alternative. Now, now you know this, and, and many longtime listeners know this. I have a time machine. Yep. Plutonium is not cheap, but with my Amazon gift cards, I have managed to fund additional trips in my time machine. So in place of the box, but continuing the spirit of the box, we are now replacing this segment with what I like to call the epoch. So in my travels, and, and, I, and I fixed the, um, the date setting on my, on my time machine here, so what I'm going to do for every episode for you is risk life and limb, perhaps all limbs, to go into gaming's past and present and bring back relics from that era. I traveled to a strange... In mysterious time known as the 1980s. And I have with me two, count them, two boxes of games from the 80s. One is, one contains treasures for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And one contains games for its competitor? Question mark? Um, the Sega Master System. The closest thing it had to a competitor, one might say. Sure. Now, one would no, no, no. A complaint we got all the time, really. People would write in about the box, is that Aaron was not really an active part of the box experience. Well, no more, because the, the power is yours, my friend. What? What machine would you like to delve into the past of first? I can't wait to unearth all the
1: jewels that exist within the Sega Master System's library.
0: <laughs> well, that's good, because I just I just bought one not too long ago. Um, so this is actually going to be a learning experience for all of us. But in the library of the Sega Master System, we have... Okay... Um, I'm going to say right off the bat, a lot of the games for the Sega Master System are actually just clones of other games. (laughs) Yeah. Um, case in point, Master of Darkness for the Sega Master System. This is essentially Castlevania. Right. Um, Instead of a whip, you have a cane. (laughs) Because those are similar weapons. Um... The, the greatest thing about about Master of Darkness, well, th- well, there's a couple interesting things. First of all, this got a Game Gear conversion um, when it was called Vampire Master of Darkness because you're fighting Dracula, see, and Master of Darkness was too, uh, obsc- I guess, too vague. Yes. And, and, and the picture of, of Dracula on the cover was, uh, you know, too much. Although, notably, the Master System was known for having some of the worst designed cases in the history of the world because it was just basically this grid format, and it would yeah, just yeah. be like some clip art of something. The Master of Darkness cover, I'll say this much, actually takes up some space. Um, so, so the grids are kind of actually um, a, a less prominent part of the uh, of the art, as it were. And you actually get a pretty big picture of, of the main character, whose name is Dr. Social, by the way, which is a great name <laughs> for a character. Oh man! I'm watching this game. It, it looks amazing.
4: Yeah,
0: you know, D- Doctor Doctor Social has to has to hunt down Dracula with his cane, but it, it is the most obvious looking. Yeah, rip off of of, of Castlevania.
1: He's perhaps the most
0: blase. Uh, like just yeah, he is surrounded by like these. Mask things. There's dogs running after him. There's zombies. He could not look more bored with the whole thing <laughs> because he is a doctor, of course, a doctor of medicine and psychiatry, and and and, he, and he'll throw bombs at these masks and then hit them with his cane. It, it, it's kind of funny the way he walks too. It all it looks like he's perpetually leaning backwards. Yeah, as if as if to puff his chest out. It's it's quite amazing. But um, the game itself is actually pretty fun, honestly. Um, one, of, one of the few games for the Master System I've played almost to the end. So, you know, I actually played this on the Game Gear, though. And uh, the artwork, I don't believe, was, was as good back in the day. But Dr. Social, that's a great name. We need to bring it back a character. We need to give, it like, another character named Dr. Social. That's just wonderful. Uh, you yeah. know, so... That is that is our first taste of the Master System. Now, do you want to continue with the Master System, or should we also examine the the possibilities of the of the Nintendo Entertainment System here? I think it's only fair that we alternate in this case. Okay.
1: okay. Uh, so for the next title, definitely a NES title. All
4: right.
0: All right. So we have here for for the NES or the NES, as the cool kids say. As I say. <laughs> <laughs> You and the cool kids, you know. These are not mutually exclusive things. Okay. You know what my favorite genre of NES title is? The same as everyone else. Games based off of TV shows. Yep. You know, because when you think of, what are the greatest NES titles ever made? American Gladiators, Remote Control, Double Dare the game based off of the kids TV show where the only appeal was to watch kids be brutalized by a, an obstacle course. Um, but although this is kind of tied into the show because there's actually a game well I mean there's the of course there's the standard trivia parts uh, of this game which is always great when you're trying to answer a question on a game show game with an NES controller, uh, one letter at a time. That's always fantastic. You know, um, it reminds me of the days playing uh, NES Jeopardy, where it would take uh, five and a half hours to input one answer. <laughs> that you had to, of course, uh, pose in the form of a question. But um, and 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 Double Dare is not a officially licensed the uh, the likeness of Mark Summers, um, because if you're a video of Double Dare for the NES, you will see that he's been replaced by what can only be described as Satan. Um, this smirking mannequin of a, of a man. Um, but, but, but of course the real appeal as, 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 the real appeal of the Double Dare TV show is, is the games and the obstacles. Um, to tie into our show, actually one of the games involves you throwing bananas at a giant moving picture of a monkey, you know, just like on the TV show. Um, the other thing of note here is that when you are in the obstacle court, like the obstacle course sections, your characters don't look like kids. They look like custodians, you know, like janitors. Um, they're like in coveralls, wearing hats. Um, looks like they're actually not even playing through the, through the obstacle course it looks like they're actually just trying to uh get through the area and perhaps clean it up and they're just being constantly bombarded with traps um you know falling into the slime and things like this yeah um one of them's crawling on belly in front of oil it's just hard it's just it looks like a really horrible thing
1: hey kids we got your stunt doubles
0: yeah yeah that's pretty much what it looks like um And 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 these do not look like they would be safe to play. You know, this is this is why shows like this can't exist anymore because it just looks like major danger to children. Um, Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm watching a video now. There's just literally okay. There's literally a a uh, a box with green goo in it, and on the side of it, in case it wasn't clear, slime. So, so that's double there for the NES. All right, we have one more. Which of these two relics of the '80s would you like to would you like to finish off with?
1: I wonder what other magical clones can exist
0: on the Master System. All righty. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> if you wanted, you know, Castlevania clone is one thing. How about a Double Dragon clone?
1: Sounds awesome.
0: Now the funny thing is. The Master System actually got a conversion of Double Dragon. Yeah. That was okay, you know. It wasn't great. Although some would argue it's pro- it was like one of the best versions of Double Dragon, it's not, but um Renegade uh for th- for the Master System. The in- the interesting thing about Renegade um besides the fact that it is a clear uh, rip-off of Double Dragon, well there's a reason for that. It was made by the same people. Um, it has the exact same controls, the exact same moves, you know, it has that awkward uh, double-dragon punch, and the back kick that, yeah. you know, is always so effective in 8-bit games. Yeah. Um, the little mule like kick the, thing. Yeah, the backwards-jumping thrust kick to the junk, which, you know, for some reason, the guy's just going to stand there and keep taking that kick. It's, it's kind of amazing. Now, the, the, the um, interesting thing about, thing about this is this was part of a larger series, uh, the Kunio kun series in Japan. Hmm. Um Kunio-kun, I've this before, yeah. Yeah, Kunio kun is like this franchise, basically, centered around like a high school or something. And a lot of the games that actually are like known as like classic NES games are actually part of this series. Um River City Ransom, because you you notice you play River City Ransom, you play Super Dodgeball, you play like the Nintendo World Cup. They all have the same weird-looking, super deformed characters. Yeah, because they all happen in the same universe. Um, And in Japan, they're all known as like Kunio Kun, such and such, this or that, and they were just renamed for America. So it's kind of a fun fact, you know. Um, River City Ransom, a renegade. Super dodgeball they all take place in the same universe and, and the same continuity as it were which which is weird because you know you wouldn't really think of the guys in River City ransom who are beating up people with you know chains and things of that nature to uh, then stop and play soccer you know but um you know to each his own uh, there's there's a ton of games for that series too uh, we only got very few of them yeah outside of that but um yeah the the main character kunio of course as he's known um has that very distinctive uh giant eyebrow. The giant unibrow really. And and he's perpetually uh two feet tall. As is everyone else in his world. So it's it's only fair. But um Yeah, Renegade is from that same series, um, made by technos who are the same people that came up who, who made Double Dragon. So to call it a ripoff would kind of be unfair, because this actually predates Double Dragon. Yeah, um, but I think a year or two. So I guess you can in, in, in some ways you can kind of call this a prototype Double Dragon. Um, I think it looks yeah, really I mean,
1: good for a Sega yeah. Master System game.
0: It, it, yeah, and, and honestly, the fact that they get more than three characters on the screen at once is kind of kind of a, a technical a technical feat. But um, you know, there's there's a background you can have one car in the background. That's pretty good. Um, and honestly between Renegade and the Sega Master System version of Double Dragon I'd probably prefer to play Renegade honestly um because this was made for the Master system Yeah yeah uh, and I mean obviously it came out for a million other things but um well Double Dragon felt more like a cheap port you know so th- there was actually um if anyone else wants to know my feelings about Double Dragon in in my uh I have a like the random goodness thread in the Earth 2 forms in the classic gaming section where I actually compare every known version of double dragon to each other. Um, cause I, cause I just made it basically made a day of playing through all of them. And it was an interesting experience. Don't ever play double dragon for the ZX spectrum. Um, actually don't ever play anything for the ZX spectrum. I <laughs> think about it. Unless you really, really like puke green. Words to live by. Yeah, basically that's, that's if, if you listen to nothing else on this show, do not play anything for the ZX spectrum. All right. So that will do it for this edition of the Epoch. And every episode, you have another great era of gaming to look forward to, experiencing and reliving through the magic of time. 50. Um, you know, we're doing our third segment thing. The only thing that's unchanged about the show um, is really going to be these last sections. Um, the only thing you guys really need to know that's changing is the structure of our, of our playthrough choices. Instead of Aaron picking one game and then me picking another, um, Aaron's actually got the next four episodes to himself. To which he can do whatever he wants within reason. Um <laughs> Exactly, we might, we might be playing a uh, Master of Darkness for the foreseeable future. You know that might actually be my next pick. I'm not sure, but um, you know, because Aaron's already picked the Last Express for the next two episodes, but the next two episodes after that, he also has power and control. Um, the other thing, the list episodes are not going to be as frequent as they once were. The zero and five episodes are now going to be kind of just whatever we feel like episodes. Yeah, there's a certain topic we feel like discussing. If we really want to get into an in-depth discussion on rip-off games for the Sega Master System, we can talk about that. Um, you know, I'll, basically just to talk about whatever we want. Because honestly, top five lists can be kind of hard to come up with, especially if it's something that has already been covered to death. Yeah, and it's one thing for one person on a website to write a top five list, but it's another to make a podcast discussion out of it. So certain things aren't going to lend themselves as well to that discussion, and we just kind of felt like we were running out of ideas. So we're gonna we're gonna try something new. Um, if something comes to our minds that's gonna be a brilliant idea for a top five list, we can still do them. But we're not going we're no longer going to be confined to them. Other than that, it's gonna be the same high quality playthrough, um, play playing throughs that you've come to expect from us. Um, I, you know, I actually put this in the intro, but I don't think I shared this with you, Aaron. Do you know how many hours of playthrough time we've put into the show? I... No. Between the 17 games and the two of us, we have logged in a combined 400 hours of playthrough time for the games we have covered. Wow. That is four games of Skyrim. Unlocking everything. We are great men. That's and weeks and our weeks breaks, of our life. Yes, Take we're it away. back. Playing mostly good games, though. That's delayed. true. Um, you know, I can take back that eternal darkness part. Um, and really, that's really the only one I'd really, thoroughly take back. Um, maybe some bits of Star Tropics. Yeah, but um, we can say we played them. Yeah, exact, exactly. We can say we beat them, which God. is not something a whole lot of people can say, especially for Star Tropics. Um, you know, with the with the um, slightly different colored graveyards. The the um, the trap rooms, oh, it's, but you know what? The bananas in the ears. Bananas in the ears. We at least got that out of it, which has become our legacy. Um, but you know, as great men as we are, we we've asked you to um, basically make us an offering for our greatness, and, and write in questions, topics, discussions that you'd like this to uh, to hit. And you have responded in kind. Um, we have a massive list of questions to get through here. Since you have the master list in front of you, uh, by all means, you can you can um, you can start us off. Which one do you want to tackle first?
1: All right. First email, I'll tackle is from Austin. Um, so I mean, all of these most of these emails are sort of split up into different questions. So I'm mm-hmm. just going to read off like sections at a time, and it, we'll just address each question as it comes up. Okay. Okay, from Austin. Uh, Now the Wii U isn't far off, what do you think the Wii will be remembered for? It seems like the Wii is yesterday's news, but now it's nearing the end of its life cycle, and what will you you remember it for?
0: Mm -mm. Um... This is really a big invitation for me to become a Nintendo hater guy again. Um... (laughs) Honestly, it's going to be remembered as a fad. You know, um, and honestly, I think that question and how it's remembered is really going to, um, depend more on what they do next than what they did with the Wii. Yeah. Because if the Wii U fails, then the Wii is going to be blamed for that, I think, in a lot of ways, as the start of their decline, you know, um... As some as as them being short sighted, I guess, in their focus. If the Wii U does really well, then I think the Wii is going to be seen in a much more positive light. Um, personally, I see the Wii U doing okay, not great, but I but I, I see this being the end of Nintendo in their current outlook as it comes to. You know the software that they want to put out, and the kind of hardware they want to put together. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the next system we see from Nintendo is probably going to be much more. I don't want to say traditional, but maybe fall more in lines of what can reach a wider audience. You know, the kind of things that Microsoft and Sony are doing, and, and it'll be uh, them playing it a bit safer.
1: Well, I think I think the Wii U is them attempting to reach a wider o- audience by having a tablet be the c- controller. But I don't know; it's it's really awkward how they rolled it out. The fact that it's not going to be, or that it's on equal power to the PS3 and 360. It's like really at this stage,
0: I I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a really weird decision. Um, yeah, you you look at E3 and it's like. What are the new games coming out for the Wii U? Well, we got Arkham City and we got Mass Effect 3 coming out. It's like, the games we already beat? (laughs) Yeah?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I I think Nintendo were really really prepared for E3, which is a shame. Like, they were the one company sort of, like, in in position to sort of show off off something new. To surprise Mm. people. And they
0: didn't. Which made E3 kind of dull yeah yeah um um, usually there's at least something for me to be mad at about E3 or like go like oh this sucks but it's just boring honestly you know um yeah yeah
1: um I think the Wii was a was is a really fun toy that got a lot of people who either rarely played games or never played games to actually give gaming a shot um I also don't think a lot of those people will stick around. Uh, they, they accepted maybe, like, play around with um, the the connect or, you know, just playing games with the iPhones and stuff. There's not... You know, we're not going to see them sort of... That was it for them, for a lot of yeah. people, you know? Um, also, its gaming library stuck out. You know, like, it, it's completely... Not completely different, but largely different to what was on the PC 360 and PS3. It... Um, it had an awful lot of shovelware, like really awful, crappy, forgettable games. Uh, a bunch of really are, are, are you
0: are you talking bad about Redneck Jamboree for the Wii? That was a classic.
1: I sure I am. Ah. um, and it also had you know it had a bunch of really interesting games that kind of failed to fulfill the promise that they were originally aiming for, and a bunch of games that really turned out great. Many of which didn't sell well at all. Um. Plus, it helped bring emulation back to home consoles, which was cool—a really cool idea. Just nothing was ever really carried through with much effort. Like things sort of just died off, you know, after a couple of years, and it never picked back up. And the PS3, the the Wii, just sort of faded away. And it's weird because it feels like Nintendo could have done more. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, 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 they needed... Maybe the Wii U will be their chance to sort of do things a bit differently. Like, the, the, the 3DS does feel a lot better in terms of software than the DS, like, just the way it handles its storefront and stuff like that. But um, if the Wii U doesn't feel like a big enough step forward, then I don't know what's the point. You know, they need to be better than the PS3 and 360 at this point, because they're really old and outdated and and PC has long since dwarfed them they you know like there needs to be something about Wii U that sticks out and makes it better than the alternative and if there's not then I don't understand why anyone was, is going to pick it up
0: mm. it, I, I think they made a mistake in that they should have with this next system distanced themselves from the Wii um as it stands now, you're basically using the same controller if you're not the guy with the tablet, um, and and it just it's going to resonate a lot of those things. And I think what they're depending on is a lot of the people that bought Wii's to buy a Wii U. The problem is that a lot of the people responsible for the Wii being what the number three or four best selling console of all time now, grandmothers that want to play Wii Bowling, they're not buying another system. Yeah. No. You know the people that wanted to play Wii Fit, they're not buying another system. Or, you know, the, what, the teenage girls that want to, you know, buy this or that game. It's like, they're also not going to buy themselves. So basically they have the hardcores that are going to buy everything Mario and Zelda. And then, yeah, they'll have Arkham City or Mass Effect or something to try to attract these core gamers. But the problem is those core gamers already played those games. Yeah. It's, it, it's their scary. It's position. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think their best bet is to really focus more on kind of the ancillary things. You know that they have they've already kind of shown that they're going to have kind of their own like indie marketplace. I think that has potential um that they're going to actually take online a bit more seriously.
1: Yeah. I mean they um, they kind of had their
0: own sort of indie
1: marketplace. On the Wii, they just didn't really do much with it. I mean, there's a couple yeah. of really cool, you know, Wii download titles that sort of use the system really well and just, I don't
0: know. Yeah, the problem <laughs> is that WiiWare we and, like, DSiWare became, like, a running joke of shovelware, though, I think, yeah. like at a certain point. And at least initially, it looks like they're going to be trying a bit harder with that. Um, but if it's going to be a lot of, like, a mandatory forcing people to use the tablet in certain hand-fisted ways or this or that kind of thing. its I don't know. It, 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 I think it's going to be a really hard time for them, especially considering that Sony and Microsoft are taking another year before they show their hand. Yes. And that's another year to work out a lot of kinks and blow whatever they have out of the water. And, yeah. They're not so. going to be
1: rushing their systems out the door, especially in the case of your know, Xbox. Yeah. Because that, that kind of... I'm all, I'd say it sort of served them well in the long run, maybe, but it kind of also bit them in the ass because I'm sure they spent a lot of money on the on refunding those consoles and repairing them and all that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah.
0: And, and, and you know what? Coming out earlier didn't really do that much from the long run in terms of software either because their launch lineup sucked. No. And when you look at how many X how many three sixties have sold compared to PS 3s that came out a year later at a higher price point, they're basically the same. Yeah,
1: but so. it's a much, it's a lot better position than what they were in the previous generation. It, it's a really hard thing to measure. Mm-hmm. It, it, we can't really go back in time, you know, see what happens if they wait a year
0: and see what happens then. Like yeah. who knows? Who honestly knows? Yeah, um, their console at the time was dead, so they needed something. <laughs> They're not in that position anymore. They yeah. have now. They went from number you know two and a half or three to number one, so I think they'll be okay. Yes. You know, so, uh,
1: what do you see gaming going in ten years' time? Do you see consoles dying off soon in favor of phone tablet games, or do you see
0: those being a fad and consoles carrying on as they are? I I do not see. Phone or tablet gaming taking over consoles at all? I, I, I do see it killing handhelds though. Yeah, um, I,
1: they're just separate things to me. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing. I don't think gaming on smartphones or tablets is a fad. Um, I'm curious to see how tablets will be doing in ten years, just because it, it's like it, it sort of shares that exact uh, similar space to laptops and stuff like that. Like I don't know, maybe something different will come along, but I, I feel like smartphones are sort of here to stay. You know, yeah. and people will continue to be using those to game. But uh, in ten years' time, I'm a hundred percent sure people are still going to have TVs, and they're still going to have things to plug into those TVs to play games on. Like, you know, ten years isn't enough for that to change drastically. I don't think. But uh, I, I definitely think there'll be. A, I mean, there's not going to be a huge push. Well, there will be a push to the next generation towards towards digital, but um it's going to continue to be physical media primarily mm-hmm. on home consoles. And I think the next generation after that maybe will be where we finally sort of like see digital only happening on home consoles. But that's 10 years away, you know?
0: Yeah. I see I see the next generation being one with a lot of growing pains in terms of the distribution channels. Yeah. In terms of, cause I think there's a lot of pressure, not so much from the, from the consumer, but from, you know, these industry insiders and these journalists, these people that are kind of disconnected from the whole regular consumer experience of rushing to, we need cloud saves, we need digital distribution, we need... Like, cloud saves is the dumbest goddamn thing ever. I don't trust a computer that's far away in someone else's shack to save my games for me. I like having my own hard drive, thank you very much. You know? Yeah, if you're a journalist and you play 800 games, that's fine, but... That's how Dablet 3 works, right? It has cloud save, like, everything's... Yeah, yeah. <sighs> and... and, and yeah, well, that's going to that be a problem. That's going
1: to be yeah, insane, An yeah. insane number of copies. So, you know, and there's just tons of people that can barely play Diablo three because of that decision, and it just sucks for them. But there's nothing that can really be done. Like that's that's what they chose to go with, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I think DRM is going to be changed a lot. Um, I hope it's changed I, a lot. And and I and I think well I think they're going to find a happy medium finally yeah um, the same way that music did Um, I think that there are going to be a lot of you know initiatives pressuring the idea of these multimedia hubs like they're already doing now I think it's going to go so far that it's going to then completely lose its reasoning since in ten years from now you're going to have TVs that can run Netflix that you won't need the console anymore. Yeah. So th- having those kind of features will be irrelevant. Um, I do like having a home screen and a hub where you can, you know, I like that kind of thing. Um, you know, when I start up a PlayStation, it's only going to boot up that disc or that CD, and there's not really anything to do with that. So I do like that how that has progressed. But I do see a lot of the focus away from gaming that we have now is going to actually probably go away and go in the other direction entirely because you're going to have so many devices that can do all this streaming stuff, especially as broadband becomes more prevalent that to compete, you know, Sony and Microsoft or whatever company is Sega. I don't know. Whoever (laughs) company is making consoles at that point is going to go, okay, you can do all this other crap on your phone or your tablet or your TV, which is going to be a smart TV at that point. Here are the games, you can only play these games with the technology we have here because your phone is going to handle it, yeah. and I'm I welcome that. The whole digital thing though scares me for multiple reasons because if I own a game and then for some reason or another um, I have to be and I have to be connected to this thing to play that game, that's going to screw me over. And I also just like having physical media. Yeah. That's my collector, that's my collector mentality. So, I mean, that kind of ties into his next question. Here. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I, I do hope that, um,
1: like GOG sort of leaves, led the way with having no DRM, a, uh, no DRM game service. I hope we see more, like, independence. Well, I mean, like, um, I guess, uh, like uh, the humble bundle services, they haven't really had much in the way of DRM, except for um, like Minecraft and stuff like that. So
2: mm.
1: yeah, there's a slow push towards that, and I hope that it continues, and then it reaches consoles, especially within ten years. It would be kind of a shame if it didn't.
0: Yeah. If anything, I, I see I see Steam getting a competitor like a comparable competitor. Um, That would be interesting. Yeah. Because
1: this seems to to have to be competitive against someone, you know,
0: that's going to create an
1: interesting marketplace, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, I just think the idea, and, 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 you know, there's some people that are already trying, like EA is trying, like Origin and stuff, but I, I see like a company that maybe we haven't even heard anything from up to this point. Yeah. It kind of just dives headfirst into that and goes, you know, this is something we're going to try. And, Makes a run for it, um, and then it's going to be a really exciting time to be a PC gamer at that point because you're going to see a lot of competitive pricing. Um, and, and Steam sales are already kind of ridiculous yeah, right yeah. anyway, so it's it's going to be interesting. But um, yeah. All right.
1: Given that games are now becoming more and more available as downloads as well as physical meet as well as physical titles, mostly for the same price, which do you prefer and why?
0: Yeah, like I said, physical media is my thing. Um, I like having a game. I like having a case that I can open and look at, a shelf. When you're trying to display your collection of games, I I like not having to go, well, hold on, let me open my home screen here, and I can just show you this list of crap I downloaded. Um, And, you know, piracy is a thing that's always going to kind of exist. It's going to be very easy for somebody somewhere with the time and, and the means to do so to acquire a collection like that it's going to be a lot harder to acquire an entire shelf of original Nintendo games for example yeah um and and I and I I've accepted that and that's why as the medium gets older I go more in looking towards preserving that kind of thing and I don't hold new games in such a high regard first of all because these cases are so goddamn flimsy yeah. but um I, I just don't hold such a such a, uh, a precedent for collecting those kind of things. But yeah. um, we at least have another generation, and possibly another two generations of physical media. Yeah. Um, and, and, but I do like them being both options. So, yeah.
1: I think the ideal solution is having both there, for sure. Um, I mean, in general, I have too much stuff. Too many books, too many DVDs, too many games. Mm. Uh, Like, especially when I was a teenager, I sort of, like, I felt proud of collecting all these DVDs. But as my collection sort of grew and grew and grew, it's just sort of like, hey, I don't have that much room to store this stuff. And having big, lumpy DVD cases, like, sticking out everywhere isn't really, you know... I kind of pine for the idea of having, like, a a much smaller collection. But, uh... I I mean, I guess... In that way, digital is a lot easier... It's easy to manage, provided that there's no DRM and y- you can just back it up indefinitely. Otherwise, it causes problems, because uh, definitely, I mean, going forward, uh, games that I've downloaded on the 360 and, and and on my PSP and on my Wii especially, I I, I really doubt Nintendo's going to have much of a backup plan for the Wii U. Yeah. We'll see, but uh I, I'm not crossing my fingers for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be hard transitioning to the next generation because all those download games. I want to be able to keep them because there's a bunch of really cool ones on there that I do want to come back to, and it will suck if I have to eventually leave them behind because, you know, I got a more recent 360. It's lasted me pretty well, but it's not going to last forever, and it will suck if one day I'm going to turn on my 360 and all that stuff. All that stuff is gone, you know.
0: You know, I remember I downloaded the original um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game for for the 360, and yeah, yeah. then they decided to delist it. They didn't only delist it, I can no longer play it. Even huh. though I, I paid for it, it's no longer on my system, which is the amazing thing. It's kind of like, and I know that doesn't happen with everybody, but it's, you know, when we get to a future where... Yeah, there's these games on my PSN. Like, all those free PSN games I downloaded, or all the ones that I paid for, for that matter, when the PlayStation 4 comes out, there's aren't going to... You know, they might be tied to my account, and I really hope that they do say, well, we already know you got these, so just redownload them, you're fine. But there's no guarantees in place for that. Yeah. Um, I, but I. But I think the major upside to downloading is that it is allowed so many games To be developed that wouldn't have normally. Yes. You would have never gotten Fez on a disc, you know, or, or you know, a lot of these underrated, just weird, quirky indie titles that have flourished on Xbox Live and PSN that never would have seen the light of day otherwise. Hmm. So I think there's definitely a place for both, and I hope that we continue to have both for as long as possible. So.
1: All right. Um, Have you ever returned a game, not because it was broken, but because it was so bad, you wanted your money back? And if so, what excuses have you used? Now, I've done this for other things. I've never done this for games, uh, Mm. to be perfectly honest. Mm. Are you a little bit different?
0: Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the game. Yeah. Oh, God. I was... It was probably a decade ago. Um, I remember buying a game. I was really excited about it. And, oh God, what is the name of that? I, I, it'll come back to me at some point. I, I remember buying a game, took it home, beat it that day. <laughs> and, was like, wow, that sucked. And I took it back, um the next day and said it was scratched and didn't work uh, and, and got my refund for it. But, um, honestly, nowadays retail chains are so, are so flimsy and so afraid to piss off customers that you don't need to make an excuse. Yeah. Just say, I want my money back or else I'm going to write a letter or something or I'm going to give you a bad survey. Like that's all it takes. These people are like cardboard, you know, go to Walmart. They'll take anything, even if you didn't buy it from them. Um, but, um, so, and maybe it's different overseas, but in America, you, retail chains are a joke. You know, return policies are a joke. Um, the fact that you know you can return something means that it pretty much, then other rules apply to you. And somebody that works in retail, I'm saying this with experience. Um, you know, GameStops, I mean, they pretty much take back anything. You can play a game. If you, if you've beaten that game and you decide you didn't like it seven days later, you can bring it back then they'll refund your money completely back. Right. So, I haven't had to do that too often. I did do that to get out of movies so that I disliked before. That yeah. I actually sat through the entire movie and went like, no, no, give me. Money. I remember I did that for the first Transformers movie. I actually got my money back. I, 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 fine, I, I went yeah. back. To the, yeah, I went back to, to the box office. I was like, I just sat through three hours of massive bullshit. I want my money back, and the guy I was just like. Sure, sure, fine. You, you know, you bought a l- large popcorn. We got some money out of you, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I've rarely had to ever do that with games. So,
1: all right. God, this is this is a very weird. This is a very weird question, Austin. Honestly, right. you're in a zombie apocalypse, and you reach a deal with the zombies where you can escape to an island for the rest of your life with a game character from a film a console and one specific game to play until the zombies are killed or die of starvation who and what do you bring and why the zombies have only given have only gave you 20 minutes to make this decision so get moving so we have to choose a game character and from, a game to play sorry cuz he says a game character from a film huh
0: I, I, I'm just going to assume he says a game character from a game yeah let's okay. I'll roll with that sure okay um underworld got a game in Europe so that's my answer um but, but the game we would choose to play would uh, be Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball sure Hours of- <laughs> Days, years of fun. Oh, man. So That's my answer.
1: I think my... I thought long and hard about this, but it's just... I was too witted out by how ridiculous the concept of uh, supremely <laughs> intelligent zombies who've <laughs> said, hey, how about you stay on this island until we die? That's awesome. You man. have 20 minutes to make this decision. Like, what? That's a- sure, sure. What a fantastic
0: scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these, these are the questions we've earned.
1: Uh, what do we, well, we did demand them of our listeners. Yes, yes. i am got to move on to the next question because, uh, <laughs> <we've got> to, <laughs> can't think of one. Now, the specific character from a game who would want to play video games. Dr. Social. Sure, Dr. Social, um, will be playing, uh, Double Dare. Double Dare. Till the end of time. All right. fantastic sounds good or until the zombies die of
0: starvation which shouldn't take long surely mm-hmm. honestly uh, if you have dr social there you could probably just kill the zombies for you he'll have you'll be standing around with his chest puffed out yeah poke him with his cane I think.
1: yeah you never know okay all right what are the best and worst of video game movies in history this is a loaded question, because there's a lot of really awful video game movies that I have not seen.
0: Yeah. I don't have the um, intention of seeing them, because they're awful. Yeah. Um, I, I've covered a few for the Tranquil Tyrates. Yes, um, yes. Generally, all of them. Um, the, the easier question would be, what are the few good ones? Um, in my they're opinion... They're the best and worst, so... Yeah, um... Worst, pretty much anything Uwe Boll made. Um, anything based off a fighting game. Um, with the exception of the first Mortal Kombat, which I thought was okay. Um, I thought the first Resident Evil movie was good. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the game, but it was good. Um, and I thought Silent Hill was really good. Uh, to, to, to date, I think Silent Hill is probably the best video game movie so far. Um, I, I've heard some decent things about Max Payne and like Hitman, but I haven't seen those. And and honestly, it's not hard to make a generic action movie, so uh, those I, those almost don't count really. Um, and and I kind of like the first Street Fighter in in a weird campy way, you know. Um, but outside of that, not much. There's a reason video games don't a- adapt well to movies. No. Well, there's many reasons, but um.
1: Yeah, my my answer is yeah. largely the same. Uh, I really loved uh, Mortal Kombat as a kid. And uh, even today, I, I think it's sort of like a goofly harmless adaption that's pretty fun. Um, and that Street Fighter 2 animated movie was really good, or at least it was mm-hmm. when I was a teenager. I haven't watched it since. It's um, pretty good. I, I still like that one. <laughs> worst, um, from what I've seen at least, mm-hmm. uh, either Blood Rain or Mortal Kombat 2 Annihilation. Uh, a much yeah. younger Aaron... Was very pumped up to see Combat 2, because, of course, I I uh, very much enjoyed the first one. And I was convinced that all those reviewers that really hated the sequel just didn't get it. And I was wrong.
0: <laughs> I was very... I just fucking hated that movie so much. Thought maybe those reviewers didn't understand the layered narrative. Exactly, like the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of the spinning Wonder Woman, uh, Sindel. Yeah, it was... Oh. oh, man, and Bloodbrain's just... I mean, I, I that was a movie I specifically
1: checked out because I, I wanted to see just how bad, you know, your was, and mm. I uh, my, it exceeded my expectations. Yeah, yeah. Just awful dialogue and people awkwardly swinging swords around who clearly don't know what they're doing. Just, you know, really badly done action sequences and just... Billy Zane, hamming it up. Actually, Billy Zane was pretty awesome in that movie. He was <laughs> yeah. Completely out of place, because he actually had personality. But, uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Fucking awful. Alright. Alright. Given the pen and told Go Nuts, you've been signed to create your own movie adaption of a video game. What game is it, and what would the story be?
0: I've written fan fiction for both Street Fighter and Silent Hill, so I would probably adapt those. But if I couldn't do those because maybe because those have already been made in terms of the game, um, if I were to have to do an adaptation of a game that hasn't been done yet, I would probably do Mist. Um, they had been wanting to do a Mist movie forever. Um, I think Mist would be the um, perfect like Pixar movie you know in that kind of style I think would be really interesting in terms of just the environment you could create it could be a it could easily be a PG movie um, with suppose, slight like, modifications you know
1: yeah like I um, I guess I just sort of think of Mist as being this very creepy lonely gaming experience it's like sure. it's sort of hard um, to imagine that as a, as a movie especially a movie you know made by a studio that makes movies for mm-hmm. kids it's I
0: don't know, but I mean... I look at stuff like... What was the name of that? Coraline, I think, was kind of like dark. Uh, That movie Nine came out. I know no one else liked it, but I did. It was really kind of dark and interesting. It was kind of in that style.
1: I like the original Um,
0: animated short that it was based on. Never saw the actual movie. Yeah, I'm a fan of the actual one. Um, Even though, I mean, the plot on that thing was paper thin. But, I mean, visually it was really interesting. and It was pretty atmospheric, I think. Um... Because I, I don't think it would light itself well to live action, but I also know traditional animation is kind of dead, yeah. so that would kind of be the best medium for that. I, I just think if you were to take the general concept of the linking books, and this would be the one case in which if you were to make a movie that had nothing to do with the game in terms of characters and stuff, it would be completely acceptable. Yeah. You know? You don't have to have Atrus in there. You can just talk about the Dunny and go from there. Um I mean, they still to this day talk about somebody somewhere has a script for the missed movie. It's never going to be made. Um, but I would like to see somebody that has a knowledge and a passion of the series actually try. Um, I knew there was a fan. There was like a fan initiative to make a movie at one point. I'm sure at some point they'll probably be on Kickstarter or something. But yeah. um, that would probably be that would probably be the one I'd do. How about you?
1: Uh, the only one that actually came to, that came to mind was L.A. Noir. Just mm. because, I mean, I, <laughs> that yeah. game itself is sort of taken from a whole bunch of, you know, crime noir films, but um, yeah, it seems like the most, like, for me personally, I don't think much of, like, adaptions from video games. Like, there's, there's books that I've read and comics that I've seen that I'd kind of want to adapt maybe, but video yeah. games... Generally, I've enjoyed them because they've been a gaming experience, you know, mm. and it's hard for me to sort of transition that to a movie. Anyway, uh, thanks, Austin, for those questions. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, thank you, Austin, for, for <laughs> all of, all the craziness. Um, he actually sent us like twice as many, but a lot of it's stuff we just already covered in other episodes, so I don't want you to think we're uh, intentionally ignoring those. Um, but we also have eight hundred questions, and so <laughs> yeah. we kind of had to um, prune through them a bit. Um, but yeah, thanks. Um, we also got a few from Hannah. Yes. What's the trend in gaming
1: that worries you the most?
0: Um, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that we complained about before where the focus was less on gaming and it was more on media implementation and internet explorer and stuff like that but like i said i expect that to go away um yeah also really the the trend that annoys me the most is that we've yet to find out what's going to be the next first person shooter in terms of things that are going to be just made to death (laughs) Um, because i think the time is really coming to an end for those And another genre is going to have to take their place at some point, and I don't know what it is yet. Um, You know, in the 32, (laughs) perhaps. Honestly, um, you know, when Final Fantasy VII came out, nothing but Japanese RPGs for like a year straight. You know, and then it became the World War II shooter that was completely overexposed. Now it's the bald guy in the desert shooter. Um, and, you know, and even even now they're putting out the new Splinter Cell, which is a shooter now. You know, and or when they had the trailer for the new Hitman, and Hitman is essentially a puzzle game with guns. Yeah. And showing like just nothing but gunplay and craziness, and it's like ass. yeah, beating up you know dominatrix nuns and stuff. It's like really uh, uh, the worst trend in gaming that worries me the most. Marketing. That's what worries me the most. Marketing getting out of control and people that don't play games deciding what needs to be made. I think we don't need we didn't need a fourth God of War. We certainly didn't need a fourth Gears of War. Putting war in the titles of games that worries me. That's true. Um, yeah. I'd say uh, that I'd say the middle tier of
1: gaming that's kind of been reduced this generation. PS1 and PS2 both had a really healthy selection of games that sort of received this moderate budget. But we're allowed to run wild with ideas, um, and that sort of happened because they happened in the 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 span the the an era within the consoles' life where things like that were allowed to happen because thing business was doing really well. And now I think as budgets have increased, that sort of thing's been really it's been reduced. It hasn't gone away completely, but um, I kind of worry about what's going to happen next generation, whether or not we're going to be seeing those sort of middle-tier games coming around again. Mm. Um, Definitely, I mean, there's been a lot of creativity in the independent scene, um, but there's sort of like a a limitation to what you can do with a smaller budget. Not in terms of um, what you can show, but I guess immersive worlds, maybe? Like, ugh. I don't know. It's that thing that sort of straddles the line between a big budget game and, and something small and designed by a very small uh, tight-knit group of people. Hannah's mm. um, next question. Uh What do you think of Kickstarter as a funding mechanism?
0: I think, like all good ideas, it can be abused. Um, and there was a... Point not too long ago where it seemed like every goddamn thing on my Twitter feed was someone begging for money for their Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. Um, when it was no longer about funding creative ideas, it was about people begging for money that could have paid for it themselves. Um, I don't think... And, and it's kind of amazing that some of these things get funded at all um, I think when the whole thing with Double Fine happened it just opened a floodgate of imitators and I think you know I think it's going to cool off you know, I think it's fine for what it is and I certainly support the idea Yeah, and, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm happy that it's going to allow some things to get made that wouldn't have normally but at the same time who knows if we ever even see these things you know? Um, yeah, there's no guarantee.
1: I mean, Kickstarter is perhaps a little bit more secure than other um, funding options. Uh, like, I think Indiegogo is a lot more looser about things like that. But, I mean, even Kickstarter only has so much control over that mm. sort, side of things, you know? And, I mean, um, Kickstarter, ultimately, like, indie developers have been using similar tactics to get funding for a while now. I know games have been funded, funded where, you know, you, you buy into getting the, uh, like, early versions of the game and, and the beta versions and stuff like that. And eventually, you get access to the full game. But you, you sort of... There's been a lot of projects where you're sort of buying into getting into the game early and then sort of hoping that the developer will eventually sort of deliver on a final product. And that's what Kickstarter sort of... It, I think it's an extension of ideas like that. But, um, yeah. you know, for a whole... Range of different products. I mean, at least Kickstarter has some form of um, people sort of watching over the gates, deciding whether or not that ideas are completely stupid or not. Yeah, uh, you know, you have to prove to someone, and, and you know, maybe they're not the best people, but they, at least there's someone with a certain level of intelligence. You know, you have to prove to someone that, that there's a good reason for you to um, to for people to fund this idea before you can actually join up with them, so... Mm. All right. This is uh, a weird and one. Wh- and,
0: and, and, on that, and on that topic, um, we're starting a Kickstarter to fund the next 50 episodes. So get on that, people. Yep. Uh, we, we're going to need uh, 7 million, I think, is the number? Yeah, somewhere, somewhere around 7 that, million. That seems That's, that's, 7, that's uh,
1: pretty close to the budget we spent so far, so... Yeah, so you far. Know. Production calls and things. <laughs> and on that night, kind of, what's your ideal house?
0: I love this question. Um, mainly because this is one of the few non gaming questions we got. Um, we asked them, damn it. Yeah. Um, my ideal house the basement is going to be an arcade um, with very minimal lighting going to be filled with every single arcade game I've ever wanted to play or have played in my lifetime. Um, it's going to be very dark down there, very cold, and the o- and every machine is going to be turned up to its loudest audio setting, um, and everything will be free play, obviously. Um, there will be themed rooms, um, you know, based upon the things that I, I uh, collect. You know, I, col- I collect things other than video games. I, I anyone that knows me, I collect Alice in Wonderland memorabilia, I collect Mountain Dew stuff, for some reason, I just started doing that, because they came out with so many flavors, so I'd have rooms devoted to those things, um, video game wise, this is, this is my dream, for, 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 for for my themed rooms, for my video, for my house, um, every generation of consoles, would have its own room, and inside that room, would be furniture, and a television, from that era, um, and so that so that all of these systems could be played as they were originally intended. And as, as you go forward, you know, because you go into like there's an Odyssey, so there's gonna be this really tacky 70s furniture and stuff, yeah. like a beanbag chair and stuff. And it's like crappy doll TV. And then you get further and further, and then the last room will be like this giant HD, you know, theater with you know Xboxes and stuff. Um, there'll also be a bowling alley, and probably a maid. See,
1: that's all. Basically, I, when I thought of this question, I just thought of all the stuff that would surround the house, like having a gigantic pool and water slides, trampolines. Of course, I'd have a, gym, a massive gym and like an arcade inside and all this sort of... you know, Just stuff to put all the crap that I've accumulated over the years, plus all of the magical stuff that I've accumulated into this magical house that I magically <laughs> own. I but, would also uh,
0: have a moon bounce and a ball pit.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Sounds good. Oh man, a bouncy castle. I opened oh, yes. twenty four hours.
0: That'd be great. No, no, I would charge people for the for for the right to use the for, to use the bouncy castle. Gotta
1: make money somehow.
0: Of course. But, to pay the rent for that giant house. <laughs> yeah.
1: That um the the work ball that I attended for um this is this is a weird aside, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, For my new Facebook uh, photo, um, you see me in a fancy suit sitting on a uh, uh, regal chair. Uh, This was for a Harry Potter-themed work ball that I attended. Uh, My work always puts on exquisite balls for some strange reason. They spend a lot of money for a company that's not that massive. But uh, in any case, every year they have a gigantic adult bouncy castle there. And every year, regardless of whether my girlfriend's willing to or not, I'll jump on that damn thing and do a whole bunch of flips that no one else will do and I'll run off and I'll feel happy.
0: <laughs> Why that, is there no photographic evidence of the bouncy castle? I,
1: I'm i pretty sure that there's, there's photographic evidence of previous bouncy castles. Okay. If you were to okay, okay. stalk me on the internet, you probably could find pictures of me bouncing on various bouncy castles over the years.
0: Okay. Okay. The new uh, iTunes artwork for for the extra live show. Somebody get on this, and if you do, I will send you a game or something. I, I swear, I will. I need a picture. It's going to. Be, it needs to be a bouncy castle. It needs to be both Aaron and myself doing backflips with bananas in our ears, and, and with but whilst wearing the snazziest of suits. So, if, if someone can get on that, I I would, I would greatly appreciate it. That sounds awesome. Alright. Favorite uh, Disney villain, and why? Aside from the obvious one, um. What's the obvious one? Queen of Hearts. Um. I don't know the name of it. Um. That devil thing in Fantasia. Right. That was the most frightening goddamn thing I've ever seen in my life when I was a kid. Uh, like, but it was just. And and just the design of it was awesome. And the fact that it was a Disney movie, you know, and it was a Fantasia of all things. And it was just, it it, it looked like the most evil creature that had ever existed. And, you know, I, I know it was like a boss in one of the Kingdom Heart games, but I, for the right of me, I can't remember. I, I just always called him the devil thing. But I always thought he looked really awesome. Um,
1: the only one that came to mind for me was Jafar. Mm. And that's largely because Aladdin's my, like, favorite Disney movie, uh, has a lot of problems, that movie, uh, but I think Jafar is just a big part of why I enjoy it so much. I like that he's just, uh, like so many Disney villains are sort of like powerful from the start, he's just sort of like seeps power from like being second in command mm. and just sort of tricks people to sort of make him seem more powerful than he actually is. He doesn't become this sort of all powerful dude towards the end, but he's got an awesome beard.
0: Well, of course. I mean, that's the essential for, for for a good villain. The thing that always bothered me about Aladdin was that the genie would make pop culture references to things that hadn't happened yet. You know, because things would happen in the future. So the only logical conclusion one could draw is that Aladdin happens in a dystopian future. Sure. Let's roll with that.
2: Mm.
0: Well, people are always very much confused when, uh,
1: when the genie makes a joke. Mm. Uh, you know it's a a running thing that Aladdin has no idea what the genie's going on about when he makes pop culture references you know Mm. being trapped in the past and all yeah final question from Hannah yes well for this particular email set of emails, sorry are the windmills rising up to destroy us all
0: I, I would answer that but um there's a windmill outside my window and I think he's listening
1: I'm going to answer this question. Yes. Okay. There is no other answer, only death.
0: Death is the is the answer when the windmills are involved. All right. And you know uh, why we don't have that bouncy castle anymore? The windmills blew it away. Chopped it up those massive blades. Yes. It was, it was horrible.
1: All right. Uh, All another right. message from Hannah. Hey, gents. Congrats on hitting the big 50. A few questions for you. If you could make your ideal game, budget, technology, notwithstanding, what would you make? Loose plot description, game mechanics, battle systems, etc. Go. <laughs> this is a pretty wide-reaching question, this one. Especially compared to most of the other ones. Except for a few yeah. of us, Austin, I guess.
0: I, my ideal game would be what Alan Wake originally pla- uh, was originally promoting.
1: Oh man, that, that's a good answer because that it started off so interesting. Much more interesting than what it ultimately became.
0: Yeah. Um I, I you know, I my my first inclination is to say open world Silent Hill game. It doesn't even necessarily need to be Silent Hill, but something with that to that effect. An open world horror game. Where it's a mix of the the Twin Peaks kind of aesthetic and it still allows you to do free roaming, and if you just want to walk around... Like, deadly premonition, but taken more seriously. Yeah. You know? Um, where, you know, the town has a schedule, and you can do a lot of driving around here, and everything's off, and if you really want to dig deeper, you can find some horrifying things, but you might not find the same horrifying things that the other person that you know plays it. You know, that each person has a different experience. Um I think there could be a lot of potential for something like that, and and if you were to even go further and maybe make it, you know, to a point of being like in a limited online capacity, not to the point where you'd have like sixteen-player multiplayer or something, but like you and one other person, almost like Journey is, where you don't know this person, you might not even know they're in your game, and the and the person you ran into who's doing these things, he might be an NPC, he might be somebody else. Um, I think there could be a lot of really interesting things to go on with that. And if you want to decide to be an, if you want to decide to pretend you're an NPC and fuck with people and give them wrong directions or something like that, I think there could be some, you know, lead them into the cave of monsters. Um, I think there'd be something like that. That would be my ideal game at this point because anything else that's really thought of, you know. Um, obviously there will always be new ideas for games and stuff, but any genre has pretty much been covered in terms of st- stuff that you know, if I want to play an RPG, I can play Chrono Trigger. Yeah. You know? If I want to play a horror game, yeah, there's Silent Hill, but those are in such small doses at this point, and I've played them so much um, that I think my ideal game at this point would be something like that. A horror game that would have a lot of replay value and a lot to explore.
1: Hmm. Because, uh, I don't think I could make a big, magnificent game, you know. I think I'd automatically choose something with a small scope that has a bunch of really cool ideas. Uh, the first thing that came to my head was something... I mean, I know I've talked about this a lot, but another world. But uh, in 3D, I guess. Where you're sort of, like, cautiously creeping around these bizarre, alien-looking environments and carefully creeping past things that can kill you, solving puzzles and having this really occasionally, like, fast-paced, brutal action sequence... Just, I I don't know, just something that gives me a similar feel, but sort of, like, expands out in scope and ideas, but not necessarily into a big open world, but, you know, like, still self-contained to an extent. Mm. I don't know. That's the sort of first thing that came to mind. Mm. Alright. Describe to me your feelings about the Shadow of the Colossus movie actually getting a director attached to it, the guy who directed Chronicle
0: It can have whatever director you want. The, the fact remains, it still has the same script writer that wrote The Legend of Chun-Li.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just wrote uh, whatever. You know, if they make it, I probably won't watch. Like, no. I... Yeah, Shadow of the Classes was a great game. I don't... I'm not convinced that it's going to make a great movie. You know, it take something very specific and magical to make that into a good movie, you know, and... It's not going to happen from even from the director of Chronicle, which I'm sure was a decent film, you know. Especially you not know, with this, the, uh, the scriptwriter being the guy who wrote Chun Li. Like that's, yeah, no. Now,
0: um, now, now. Um, yeah. Um, much like I said with the Mist movie, that would have been a kind of a cool picture, thing. Shadow Colossus would have been kind of interesting as well. Um. If it's done in that style and kind of an understated kind of animated style, yeah. This is going to be, I'm assuming, a live action <laughs> <laughs> star- starring
1: Nicolas Cage.
0: No, no, it'll star like Michael Sarah or somebody. Yeah, Michael Sarah is Wander. You know, Michael Sarah you know, thought that fighting Colossi would, you know, was be an easy task, and then you know all this other crap. And Jack Black is the horse, like. That, move, that game is unfilmable. Um, and I don't say that in that I don't think someone can film it. I'm saying that in that I don't think someone in Hollywood can do it right.
1: I could Rio see a games, film being interesting. Yeah. But something that's, like, really, I don't know, esoteric, I guess? Like, something that's experimental and, and different and tries to take the material in a completely different direction rather than just adapting it straight up?
0: It would be a fantastic short art film. Yeah. But you cannot take a movie that has almost no dialogue and what dialogue is there is in a made-up language and make a big-budget blockbuster out of it and not have it suck completely and offend entirely the audience that the original game was intended for. My my outlook at this point with video game movies is I don't care because the game still exists and anyone that sees that and goes, oh, that's what that crappy game is about? You're not somebody who's gonna play the game anyway. But I'm also not gonna give you my money or publicity by seeing what you're doing. You know, if I can tell immediately if it's gonna be good or not, from what I'll see of it. I don't think it'll ever get made, honestly. Because I yeah. don't think the I don't think the guy knows knows what he signed up for exactly. Um I think it's gonna be in development hell forever and then they're gonna just quietly cancel it because they're gonna realize they can't do it. Sounds about right. Yep. So, yeah.
1: Persimmons. Why? <laughs> Who knows? Did you Google this like I did? No. It's a type of fruit. Uh, taken from a plant, I guess. It. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Why? Question mark. I don't know.
0: <laughs> okay. It's probably it's probably what they put in that tea virus drink, honestly. <laughs> probably.
1: Yeah. Pick a Final Fantasy style that you like the most. Battle system, artistic style. Do the to do the rest of the series in. See, <sighs> so this is hard for me because I'd much rather um, pick and choose from the series. Yeah. Like I think. The, the, the series, uh, there's no one particular game that I want to see the rest of the series done in. I'd rather, like, cut and paste different elements from different games together and to, to create something great, because, I mean, Final Fantasy yeah. IX, I think, has, like, probably my favourite uh, visual style of the series. It also has a really slow combat system, and I don't necessarily think the the way it handles skill the skill system and all that's all that great, and... There's other problems I have with the plot that aren't all that great, so it's sort of like, you know... Wh- There's no one Final Fantasy game that's really, for me, stands out above all the others. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch... Yeah, of- I'm
0: going to have to do the same. I'm going to have to kind of pick and choose, because I can't just pick one. Yeah. Um. <laughs> God, I'm thinking here. All right, all right I'll, I'll have to cheat, but I can do it. Um, <laughs> for Battle System, I'd pick Final Fantasy V. Uh Um, I think the job system was really the only time I'd ever really felt invested in a Final Fantasy game and actually looked forward to battles. Um, For storytelling, if not the exact same story, but at least for scale and for the way it was structured, um, Final Fantasy VI. And for artistic style, I'm actually going to cheat because no game has been in this style yet. But when you look at the Amino drawings for Final Fantasy games and how awesome they look, yeah, I want to see a graphic, like a game engine interpretation of that art style. I want an entire game that looks like that because it would be the most amazing looking game that's ever probably freaking existed, and. You know, obviously, you know, a lot of the stuff was interpreted from his drawings that were, like, 2D sprites and stuff, but now we most definitely have the technology to make it happen, and I would like to see somebody try. Oh, man, imagine, like, a big, like, a all the 2D artwork and the animation to
1: sort of developed from his sketches and stuff. Yeah. God. I
0: think it that would sounds be gorgeous. Quick. Yeah, so. That would be my game. I'm just going to stick with that. I
1: can't think of
0: anything better. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, we're going to start a Kickstarter to make that Final Fantasy game now.
1: Yep. How many? Right. How many millions would that cost? Would that
0: take to fund? Uh, two or three hundred yeah. millions, I think. Okay. Yeah. I so mean, we're awesome. going to have to hire Amino. You know, it's yeah, yeah and yeah. people that actually know how to make games. So I, I hear. I hear. There's some guys from 38 Studios that are, they're looking for work right now. Oh, we probably get them on it. Snap. Yeah. You know.
1: Um. Okay, I hope these help. That's horrible. Yeah, it is. And here's hoping we hit episode 100 soon enough. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. On to William Ackerman. All right. Hey, guys. I'm going to ration these out so all my feedback for episode 50 isn't all squeezed together. I'm sort of reading this before all the other emails, so things have changed since this email has been put out. he sent,
0: like, four different emails, but yeah. All right. All right.
1: So my first question for you all is if you could become a character in any video game title, what would it be? Note, you do not have to become a pre-existing character in a game. It just so happens that the game will now have either a PC or an NPC named either Damien or Aaron in it.
0: I've thought long and hard about this one. Uh Uh-huh. Because there are a lot of factors that you have to to take into consideration. The kind of game you would want to be a part of. You know, what is your risk for injury or death? Um, If you're an NPC, you know. But you also don't want to be the kind of NPC that is stuck standing in front of your house saying the same sentence over and over. That's a good point, actually. There sure are a lot of, you know, there sure have been a lot of monsters lately. So, I would choose to be in Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. I knew you were going to uh, say but, that. <laughs> but here's the reason why. Here's here's why. Here's why. First of all, can't die. There's no death in that game. There's no death state. There's no game over state in that game. You will live perpetually forever. God. Now, gra- now granted, someone would say there's a lot of water in that game, and that's true, which is why I would be in the casino. I would be the casino owner on Zack Island in Dead or Alive Extreme Beach volleyball, Two. Imagine all the Zack Bucks that I would win playing the roulette wheel.
1: Well, my answer is uh, certainly a lot lot less thought out than yours, because I just thought of Final Fantasy IX, and it's only because it's a really pretty world that's actually pretty big. Unfortunately, if I was an NPC, I probably would be stuck in front of my wonderful, beautiful house, staring out into the distance, talking about how many monsters there are.
0: Or, or that you can go to this shop to find this item. Yeah. All right. I see you being a helpful NPC, if nothing else. <laughs> All right. Uh, next All
1: right. email from Will. Um, I'd meant to send these out sporadically, but the less had plans blah 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 blah. Turns out you ended up going to hell, hell, Hades, or some kind of bad afterlife as punishment for I don't know saying fuck five minutes ago. You must spend eternity playing a game that you despise and may, in fact, refuse to continue playing. I'm not quite sure what that means. What game
0: would that be? I'm trying to think of games I actively hated. Because I, I like a lot of crap. Um, it would have to be a Suda51 game, obviously. Um, probably the first New More Heroes. My, yeah. If I was in Hell... Pumping gas <laughs> mini games would probably be my, my version of hell. And,
1: I, and, and I wasn't a big fan of No More Heroes. I, I wouldn't put it that low on my list of games to I, play. I
0: mean, the, the other, I mean, like, I could pick something that's eternal with crap, like, you know, Mary Kate and Ashley Crush Course or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But.
1: Because you played... Honestly, um, what's these other, what was the
0: DS game? That was released? Flower, Sun, was and Rain? Yeah,
1: Flower, Sun, and Rain.
0: Yeah, that was pretty bad. I did actually refuse to continue playing that. Um, something from Suda Fifty One. Probably his entire catalog, with the exception of Killer Seven, which is which is the one that I actually kind of like. Um, it's one that everyone kind of likes. Yeah, that's because it was before he'd gone completely out of control and kept making the same game over and over. But um, what are you insinuating, yeah. sir? I'm insinuating that he makes the same game over and over and over. <laughs> Have it have a character who is a blatant stereotype of say I don't know a geek or you know a cheerleader and or you know a minority that clearly a Japanese person's never run into and then you would give them a wacky sidekick like say a skull or a disembodied head. We can continue. How about you? I chose
1: Magna Carta. Um, hmm. This is a weird one. So, back when, I was, back when I was playing on the PS2 all the time, I'd sort of gotten pretty big into the Japanese RPGs. And I got maybe 90% of the way through Magna Carta and hated every goddamn minute of it. I just kept telling myself that I'd complete it so that I could give it a review for Earth 2. Uh, and I ultimately just couldn't force myself to do it because it really sucked. It really, really sucked. Uh, it's probably nowhere near the worst game I've played, let alone the worst game in the world. But I sunk so much time into the game that just destroyed my life. I could go on for a while about the the reasons why I hate that game so much. Like the fact that the camera obscures things irrationally so you can't see enemies, and the fact that... God, the, just the awful storyline, and, and the stupid characters, and that just... So many things. And the battle system that's, like, timing-based, but it's really sort of, like, tricky. Like... uh, And the fact that you just keep retraining the exact same areas over and over, like, it's very clear that they're, like, dragging out the game by having one character go down this exact same path as the previous character, purely to just drag out the storyline for no reason whatsoever. Obnoxious, shitty game
0: design that just... Ah! Awful. So, 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 what you're saying is you're not a fan?
1: No, no, movies. I'm not. Okay. And I'm, I'm thinking more than anything else, I'm angry at myself that I just kept playing it and playing it and playing it, even though at no point was there any time where I was like, hey, I'm having fun with this, I want to see where the story goes. No, it was the same exact bullshit we've seen a million times before in Japanese RPGs, except this one was from Korea. What's the first game that you remember completing, and how did you celebrate?
0: Um, first game I remember completing was uh, Archon for the Commodore 64. I, I celebrated by walking away from my keyboard, which at that point no longer worked. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I, I, I still really, really like that game, and I, and I wish that it would get a proper... Modern update that didn't add anything unnecessarily to it um, because it did get a PC remake, but it wasn't very good. Um, but yeah, that would be the one. Um, Warlords was the first game I ever played. Arkham was the first one I ever beat.
1: Yeah. Um, the first game I can think of is Sonic Two. Like I'm, I'm sure I finished games before that. Like the uh, the Mega Drive was the first system I owned. I'd played other people's systems, but obviously. Playing for half an hour to an hour doesn't really give me much of a chance to finish games. Except for a few, I guess. But, uh, Sonic 2 is the first one that came to mind. So, uh, and I was pretty excited when I finished that game. But, um, I'm pretty sure I probably just ran to my parents and tried to explain to them my excitement for finishing this game. And they didn't really care. I'm sure they feigned excitement very well, but I, I could tell, even then, that they didn't care a crap about how I'd gotten in my video game mm. explaining to my grandparents is always interesting
0: because <laughs> then you you would give the overly um, detailed explanation as to why it was such a feat in the yeah, last yeah. boss that you had to defeat yeah those are always fun yep all right
1: is the extra lives home game compatible with a tranquil tirades home game Damien I believe this is your field only, only with the fourteen ninety
0: nine DLC, which is on the disc day one. Um, and only if you get the pre-order pack for, for the Tranquil Tire, it's home game. Um, yeah, uh, and, and, and we only can, obviously, you can only play, um, video game movies with it, with those games. Cause, and, and only bad ones, which would be most of them, but you know. So. Other than that, yeah, completely compatible. Sure.
1: Alright. Uh, after the hell, entire hell debacle, you get reborn in a video game world of your choice. It's up to you. If you're a protagonist or antagonist, or just a random townsperson, where do you end up? And we kind of covered this. We already answered this one. Yeah, 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 we basically answered this question. So that's an easy one. Um, Box. At what point in a banana's life cycle do you most enjoy eating it, when it still has traces of green... When it's a solid was when it's a solid light yellow, or as it
0: chick, as chickles of brown start to set in. Who eats brown bananas? Is there like a crowd of people that are into the brown? I oh, don't know. I've seen. I've had friends who've eaten brown bananas. I don't
1: like that yeah. at all. I mean, I've at heard that It's point, good for cakes it's, and yeah. stuff like that. You know, like it's good for using with other foods. I guess like mixing into it for mm. yeah, but. I wouldn't eat it at that stage. And I hate it when it's, like, still green and it's kind of hard. It has to be that perfect yellow. Yeah. Don't like a hard banana. Don't like a gooey banana. That banana has to be just right. Damn it.
0: I I, I like the good, stern yellow. It looks like it could double as a boomerang. Um, when you get that nice... When you break off the break off the peel, it gets that nice crisp sound. That's when you know it's right. That's, that's a good banana. That's what I enjoy it, and then uh, sprinkle it, of course, into my uh, special K or my total, as it were. <laughs> All right.
1: Next. Our next email comes from Victor. okay Josh. I thought it was a little strange? That uh, we got a Victor with like the we got an email with like the headline, like the the email title says Victor, but the the sign off says Josh. I'm just gonna say Josh, because why not? Yeah.
0: First-time writer, I believe, for the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: which is great. Oh, yeah. uh, it's awesome to receive feedback from new people. Um, hello, Damien and Aaron. Congratulations on making it to 50 episodes of one of the best video game podcasts on the internet. Thank you so much for the time and effort. Ah, oh, We appreciate your praise. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on these three games. The Fallout series. I've only played three, so I, I, my opinion is pretty
0: limited in this case. Have you played the first two? I played the first one, had no clue what I was doing and gave up on it. Um Sounds about right. Then then three came out and I was like, Wow, this is a lot like Oblivion. Yeah. But I rented this and I had to return it tomorrow where I have to pay late charges. So I always intended to buy the Game of the Year edition. There's the there's that title again, Game of the Year edition. Um but I just never got around to it. Um, yeah, I, I still intend to because I. Here's a really good game, um, and from what I did play of it, I thought it was really interesting. Um, but I, I definitely cannot speak with too much authority on the series itself in general. Um, no. I was never a big PC gamer until much later. So.
1: Yeah, I've heard the first two games. It's pretty easy to get lost early on in, and you sort of. It helps to have a few points to sort of point you in a general direction when you first start off. The third one, um, which we've both played, I guess, yeah. it's honestly probably the only big open world game that I've actually lost myself in for a while. Um, yeah. It's also, to be perfectly honest, uh, I got bored of it long before I reached the end because yeah. the main story is not that interesting. It's sort of the world at large that sort of interested me a lot more. <laughs> There's a couple of really cool places to visit in that game. and uh, But beyond that... Not much for me, mm-hmm. to be perfectly I, honest.
0: I, I did like how the little bit I played of Fallout 3, that there was seemed to be a much deeper sense of consequence than you did, that you saw in, you know, like an Oblivion or a Skyrim or something. Yeah. Because I remember very early on, there was this, like, other girl, like, student, I guess, who was supposed to be kind of like a half-love interest, and because of something that happens, you can actually kill her father and blow his head off, Yeah, and she's not happy with you at all after that, and, and it's just kind of like, wow, this took a turn, and, and it's just kind of interesting how, that, how um, something like that could go, and it was uh, quite interesting, but I, I never got too much deeper into it after that. Yeah. Right.
1: Next game is Red Dead Redemption. Uh, have other of us played this?
0: I have never played it. I've, I've heard things about it, but it's a Rockstar game, and it's just never interested me, honestly. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, it's a Rockstar game, but it's a Western, which makes it sort of stand out a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'd much rather yeah. ride around on a horse than in a car. I don't know. Oh, it, yeah. Like, the, the, the fact that they sort of, like, took this the, the, the standard Rockstar game play and put it in an odd West setting, it does kind of interest me, because I've grown tired of the Grand Theft Auto games but, uh, you know, playing something similar but different at the same time in the Old West, yeah, I, I, I do want to give it a shot at some stage, and see how I feel about it. And finally, um, what were well, we you know what? Seen- just
0: just well, you know what, just for you, Josh, I'm going to add Red Dead Redemption to my game like you do here, so we'll, I'll give you my thoughts whenever they decide to send it to me. In another
1: four months? Yeah. <laughs> we'll be able to talk about it. Um... And, finally, uh, what you have seen and heard of Assassin's Creed 3?
0: I think it looks good. Um, I've already decided that the ending is going to piss me off the no end. Of course. Because it's going to be a bunch of Matrix Architect bullshit, like it always is. Yeah. And if you believe for a second this is the end of the series, then you're insane. Um, it's going to be another non-ending, and it's going to be like, well maybe you can buy the DLC and this will give you something else plus there's the Vita game coming out and i just don't believe this is the end no, and no, of course but while th- that said what i've seen of the gameplay looks really interesting yeah and and i'm i will gladly welcome the new setting at this point because i got so damn tired of italy and other places that were reskinned and looked exactly like italy you know cuz when it was first announced and the, you know it
1: was announced that it was taking place in the US you know, there's a lot of talk about the fact that there's not many you know especially in that time period, there's not a lot of uh big buildings to climb onto and stuff like that. So the fact that they've gone for natural environments like you're scaling up cliffs and uh, through forests and stuff like that up and over trees I, I I think that's an interesting way to take the the basic climbing you know ability. That's a smart way of doing things basically, and, um, I mean, but beyond that, you know, it, it looks like more Assassin's Creed, which isn't a bad thing, but I don't know how many games before I get my fill at this stage. Yeah. One, uh, one thing I'll definitely say, especially in the cutscenes they've showed, the bad guys really suck at aiming. <laughs> yeah. There's that big cinematic cutscene where 50 guys had their guns aimed at him, but every single one of them missed.
0: I can know those guns weren't all that great, but damn. Well, that's why they lost the war. Um, I, I would be a lot more excited about Assassin's Creed 3 if Brotherhood and Revelations never came out. I, I think they really did a lot of damage to that series by doing those other two sequels that were completely unnecessary and added nothing to the story.
1: No, um, I, I don't think so. there is... There's no story to add anything to, let's be honest. The story is. If you're playing these games, the story. You're
0: you're yeah you're an idiot. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know.
1: I know. You just gotta be. But I already played them. It's gonna be nothing but disappointment for you the whole way through. The 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 things that make these games fun is the 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 climbing and the combat and stuff like that. That's what sticks out for me. Uh, Yeah. The. the, the, the crazy Matrix story with all the conspiracies and the. Nah, none of that interests yeah. me at all.
0: Yeah.
1: Goes through one ear and out I, the
0: other. I, I, I guess it's just because I, I'm just this battered wife when it comes to like a good mystery that I want to culminate in an actual payoff. Because I didn't get that with Lost, you know. <laughs> that's the first so, thing I was
1: going to mention too.
0: So when I see another story that's trying to create an overarching mystery with secrets that I think are going to be revealed, then it keeps just stringing me along like it always does. I get pissed, and but I keep going like, maybe well, if maybe they'll do it this time. Maybe. No, Nope. no, no. So this yeah, when I go into Assassin's Creed Three, I am completely accepting the fact that I'm going to hate it, and I don't care. I'm going to play it because the game itself is going to be fun. So, yeah.
1: that's true. Yeah. All right, congratulations once again on on episode 50, guides guys, and thank you both, Banana,
3: Josh.
0: Thank you.
1: On to our weirdest fan for one with a, we appreciate David Alphas. Uh Well, guys, wanted to let you know how great the show has been for the past 49 shows. You have actually turned me on some games that I've never thought of playing before. Which is always great. I I love to hear things like that. Um, Now onto episode 50. You mentioned that, I believe, in episode 47 that you (laughs) would have a wrench fight if suggested. I'll take that and raise you one. Instead, you must acquire two spider monkeys, but they must be one-armed monkeys. Now I'm going to move on. I would like to hear your take on the top five mindfucker games i.e., Eternal Darkness for the GameCube. Mm. And I also want to know what your five picks would be for the top, for the five worst games ever. For both of these, you know, I, we're going to continue to do uh, list episodes in the future, you know, mm. not as often, but occasionally. These are both things that are probably worth exploring in a, in a, you know, a future list episode when you do get around to doing another one. Mm. Because I can tell you now, thinking of five, Mindfucker games. I mean, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole bunch of games that sort of play around with the players' expectations uh, that have been released in the past, you know, decade or so. A bunch of really weird European ones that have kind of came up for the PC, especially. Yeah. I creating a top five list and going into them. That could be another half an hour. I think. Yeah. So, rather than, and you know, and the same for the top five worst games we've ever played. I mean, that's a big, long rant session if they've ever heard one. So, that's something to say for another episode. But we'll definitely think about those further on down the line. They will go on the list. Yes. Yep. All right. As well, I'd love to hear a playthrough of any of the Fatal Frame games or Resident Evil 4. Um, so I've never played any of the Fail Frame games, and I'm kind of interested in trying at least one of them out. I mean, do you have any, Mm. I I know you're a big horror fan, so I'm
0: sure you've played through most Um, of I've got, I've got the three for the PS2, um, if we were to play one, I would suggest we probably play two, um, they are really, really good, um, honestly, in terms of actually being scary. Yeah. Probably the scariest console games that they've probably made. Um, Yeah, I I really like them, and they've actually been on my short list forever. It's just been a matter of when we get to them. Um, And seeing as we just did a horror game, it might be a bit. But, but yeah, I guess it'll just depend on how easy they are to find over there, because for a while, these were really rare. Yeah, Um,
1: it's something I'm not stop looking into soon then, because if they are super rare, then, yeah. We yeah. Be able so,
0: to that end. Something um, we'll have to look into.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a series I've always wanted to try. You know, same with Silent Hill. To be honest, even though I've sort of previously tried that out, and Resident Evil Four. I mean, we both played through it. I know you're not a huge fan of Resident Evil Four, anyway. So,
0: it it's a fun to hear us argue, but <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I would I would hate myself for doing it. Because that game, I just, I can't stand that game. It, it And it, I can understand, I can completely acknowledge the well-made game. I just, I can't, I can't stand playing it. All
1: right. It, it, no, uh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, sorry. Uh, I intend to, at some point, download the um, the port they made to the 360 that's download only. Mm. I, I intend on playing it. I'll probably talk about it at some stage, but that's probably about as good as you're going to get, I think. Mm. Um, now, I've either of you played Half Minute Hero. I put it off for months, but finally started playing it and find it actually quite fun. Um, I've played the PSP version, and i briefly played the 360 version. Goddamn, did they make the 360 version ugly, at least with the new fancy. They put this weird sort of art-style over overlay, like art overlay over the top of it, and it's just super ugly and disgusting. It's like, completely totally mm. destroys whatever interest there was in the original graphical style but luckily there's like a classic mode that you can play so it'll look like it did on the PSP anyway I think <laughs> it's a you know the the whole concept of rushing through an RPG in 30 seconds and then having sort of each chapter be the sequel to the original game yeah that, I, I always love that yeah yeah that it, it's a it's a fun idea and, and a lot of people have said that the sort of like the the different other uh, the other concepts on the same within the same game don't sort of play out quite as well. I had a lot of fun with like the shooting game and the strategy game that they included with it so um you know the whole thing I think is like it's it's a fun little distraction and i I like it sort of this weird collection of fun little mini games with a whole bunch of cool little concepts that run through them you know like yeah just it, it's a cool idea and a lot of fun dialogue and fun gameplay to be had.
0: Yeah, I um, don't remember the episode title, or the episode number, um, but I did talk about it when I bought it um, yeah. for the PSP, and, yeah, um, it didn't have the longest shelf life for me, honestly. Um, nah. I, I mean, I, I got through it, and I was like, okay, I've seen what it has to offer, and I was kind of done with it. Uh, the strategy game in particular confused the hell out of me. Um, so, and I just never really devoted myself to learning how to be good at it. Um but the the other modes I thought were quite fun, yeah, so, yeah. all right please keep the gra- on the great work and
1: keep playing your fan banana and Wilkes way David Olfers. uh ps a banana effect <clears throat> <clears throat> if you throw a banana in front of a colony of bees, they get really pissed off because the pheromone that makes the bees agitated is the same compound that makes bananas taste like bananas fascinating
0: thank you yeah, Sam so I would. Thank you, David. I would have thought that they would have been pissed off because you're throwing a giant yellow fruit at their heads.
1: No, 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 no. It's purely... Purely,
0: purely pheromone? Pheromone, yeah. Purely pheromone, great band name. All
1: right. And uh, All right. Um, I think a... Well, not a final email, but um, next email comes from Ian. We got. Uh, I will say we've got a couple of episodes that were specifically episode 49 feedback. I think we could probably get around to that in the next episode, because we're already going two and a half hours now.
0: Yes, Uh, we we will have a proper feedback part after uh, in the next episode for those, so don't think we're skipping upon those, guys, but we're doing purely question stuff here, and this is already going to be a three-hour episode, so... (laughs) Luckily, Ian's is very interesting. All right. Yeah, um, actually, Ian said he wanted you to try to read it in in his voice. Oh, Um, God. If you can't, that's quite alright, especially given you given you cold and all, but just know, just know that the the uh, it's the thought that counts, really.
1: I have to listen to it, like a couple of his episode, like a couple of episodes of his podcast in a row. And just try and like assimilate <laughs> the you basic know what? like way he pronounces you know what? we words can do that stuff.
0: You can do that next episode, how about that? We can we can also say that one for next episode, the Ian Wilson impersonation. Alright.
1: Alright. Do you want me to just get straight to his question then? Since he did ask it for yeah. this particular episode. Yeah. <laughs> I actually answered that question, but be- I answered this question before I wrote the rest of his uh, mm. email and realized that he answered the exact same thing as me. Mm. So my question is, what's your favorite banana themed video game? And of course I said Donkey Kong Country because it's the only game I could think of where I collected bananas throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And of course his reply
0: was, Donkey Kong Country. Oh, yes. Um, double Dare for the NES. Probably. Because, um, because, cause as I mentioned, you can throw bananas at a picture of a monkey. Um, no, actually, there was a shooter. There was a first-person shooter that had a banana as a weapon. You could actually put it down and enemies would slip and fall on it. I don't remember the name of it all off the top of my head. Actually, it might have been No One Forever. Uh, Or the sequel. I'm not sure. But um, I will fact check that at some point in the future.
1: All right. To get back to you. To be determined in a future episode. And Ian, I do promise, uh, next episode, I will try and read out your email in my best British voice. My my best Ian interpretation.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, the best stereotypical British voice. Because that's more than just a regular British voice. All right. um, Yes. All right. And then we have... Last but not least, a voicemail. Right, yes, yes. Michael Sims.
4: Hey guys, it's Mike, and I just wanted to say congratulations on hitting episode 50. Uh, That's no small feat, and you two should be absolutely proud of having hit this milestone episode. I know I'm proud of having extra lives on this site, so... If you guys aren't proud of hurting episode 50, well, I'm proud for you. That sounded really hokey, but I do mean it. I absolutely do mean it. Uh, since this is an all-listener-supplied question episode, I have a couple for you, and I do apologize if these have been covered on the show before or if someone else asked these questions for this episode. First, I want to know if you could reboot any franchise from scratch, just like they did with the James Bond franchise, which one would it be? Also, along those same lines, if you could unreboot something, what old gaming continuity would you return to? And speaking of reboots, what do you think of the Tomb Raider stuff that's going on right now? Me, personally, I honestly think it's bullshit that we live in a world where to develop, in quotes, a female character to make her stronger, again, in quotes, it's okay to have her nearly raped. That has never, not once, happened to a male character in video games, and that we have this attitude towards female characters is, frankly, disgusting in my eyes. So, you two, discuss, please. Uh, Anyways, I'm putting away my soapbox, and once again, congrats.
1: So, thanks, Michael Sims. Um, So, I guess, breaking down your uh, reply into three... Questions. I mean, thanks for the feedback, just in general. Yes. Yeah, it's 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 always great. Like, I'm so glad you know someone sent through audio feedback for a start. But just yeah, it, it's nice to hear such a positive positive words coming from the Lord and Master of Earth. To um, net. dotnet. Yes. <laughs> That's number two. Yes. Um. So, okay, if you could reboot any franchise from scratch.
0: Zelda. That would be the, the, the first one that comes to Man, head. Um, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, Um. I think they need to do away with this whole three, four timelines bullshit and start from scratch. I, I think you need to create one linear timeline for... You know what? Better yet, don't. Have Nintendo continue to make their Zelda games. Give the Zelda property or the the IP to another developer to a third party. I want to see what a third party would do with Zelda. Um,
1: That's a cool idea.
0: Um, I, I, I just... That's some awesome yeah. in,
1: the pro- in the past.
0: Yeah, um, I, I want to see a... You, you know, maybe... I don't know who I'd give it to, but, a, a, like, a 3D Zelda created by someone other than, Ni- than Nintendo. Um, that can have its own linear story. <laughs> well, um, It doesn't... So, who, yeah. who are
1: the guys who've made their recent Kirby games? Like, Someone who's made something sort of like weird and creative with a Nintendo product that's not directly owned by Nintendo. Like, you know, there's companies out there who've created sort of weird, wonderful things that could work within a sort of like a, you know, they'll they'll take certain aspects of the Zelda franchise, but then sort of twist them and shape them into something completely different. It can be done in a way that's really interesting, for sure.
0: And and I think that's why I've always been kind of such a harsh critic of Zelda, because I think so much can be done with that concept and that character and that world, and they keep making the same game over and over. Um, Yeah. I I think you can make a prop... You don't have to make a full-on RPG, but I think you can make a a game that's more RPG-focused, you know, with, you know, a actual skill tree or maybe some sort of leveling system, maybe a deeper fighting system than what they have, and that doesn't start with an hour and a half of tutorials. Um, and just, yeah, just a new world, you know, a, a new interpretation of Link and just the universe, I think, would be really interesting, because I want to like Zelda. It's just, they never have anything new to offer, and I think it's, I think it would be really cool. So,
1: All right. Um, the only one that I could think of because I was sort of searching through my old game, what the, the game series that I'm into, because there's a lot of... I'm not much of a series guy. Like I generally like to try all different kinds of things without really sort of sticking with any series for too long. Mm-hmm. But the one that I've played a whole bunch of entries of that I've sort of grown sick of over time is Final Fantasy. And I'd yeah. really like them to just go back to the drawing board and create something completely different to what they've currently got, because it honestly doesn't interest me on any level. And uh, and you know it's still got its fans. It's still a highly regarded series in some circles, but it, it it's it's completely removed from what I want it to be. And yeah. I'd love to see I'd love to see it return to that, you know, for my own selfish reasons. And, yeah,
0: I, um, I think that's also a good answer.
1: So, yeah. yeah. If you could de re reboot any franchise, so I just take it back to a previous point. This,
0: was, this one was harder. Um, Definitely more interesting question, for sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Because um, when I think of things that have been remade and poorly, they've usually been... You know, it's going to be a really safe answer, but Silent Hill. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, uh, I wish they'd never gone back to... Uh, I, I wish they'd gone back to the point before Team Silent was disbanded.
1: I have a feeling you'd choose a Konami franchise of
0: some sort. Yeah. Um, okay Cal- the, the only other one I would, the only other one I would have thought of would probably been like something like Twisted Metal or something. But really, I'm not that invested in that. Yeah. In that world. Um, so, because
1: the, the the only one that came to mind, and to be fair, I don't really feel that passionate about this. is Devil May Cry, just mm. because I mean, ugh, to be honest, I mean, I haven't played the new game, so that's why I'm sort of like. Not, I don't want to join in the, the, the mass amount of bitching that happened when the, the new Devil May Cry was announced. I guess I was just really disappointed with how Devil May Cry 4 turned out. Just mm. the, the mass amounts of backtracking and just, you know, going over the exact same areas with a different character, just in reverse. It's like just really lazy programming and just, uh, I don't know, like, it, it felt really awkwardly put together, that game. Mm. And I really hope that, uh... You know, I, I hope that The of Devil May Cry sort of proves any fears that I've currently got wrong. But, uh... I mean, I like the guys who are developing it, for sure. I'm not convinced that they can make a great action game, and I won't be until I actually get my hands on it, I don't think. But, uh... You know, I, I I've kind of like what I've seen. But we'll see. Mm. But, um... I would like to see uh, a return to form, for sure, for that series, which is basically what I'm asking for.
2: hmm
1: And finally, uh, thoughts on Tomb Raider, the new reboot for the series. I know we've talked about this kind of before. I had a, mm-hmm. sort of a big... I, I wrote about this quite a bit, actually. So if you mm-hmm. want to get your thoughts and feelings out of the way,
0: I have to kinda of choose my words carefully here because I have the opposite opinion of every other person on the internet apparently. Um I don't think that's true. I think it's well, there's, just there's of, of honest... vocal opinions. Yeah, it's just Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna choose my words carefully here. Um because there's it's a very sensitive subject for a lot of people, and I understand that. And honestly I believe people are overly sensitive, um, especially when women are involved. I, Anyone that's listening to the show right now, you know, I, I I don't know our exact demographics, but I would bet that a vast majority of the people that listen to the show are male. Of every single person that is in that demographic, you have at least one female in your life, whether it be a sister, a mother, a grandmother, girlfriend, wife, what have you. That if they were ever threatened with violence, not or even given, you know, a hint of danger by somebody, you would destroy that person. You would go on a rampage. You know, I have a few. One of which is probably listening to this right now. Um, I can understand that feeling, and I, I above all else, definitely do not want to see these horrible things happen to women. At the same time, I am so against the idea of censorship, especially when somebody believes that a subject shouldn't be broached because it makes them uncomfortable. You know, I watched an E3 trailer of a Tomb Raider game, and I was very excited because it was basically uncharted, but just on a different scale and a different setting. It was a lot of really crazy set pieces. It was this badass girl killing dudes with a bow and arrow. It was, you know, a a lot of these things going on, and then I read these comments about how disgusting it is. And I think, in a lot of ways, people are looking for something that isn't there, but at the same time, I think their anger is misguided. I don't think that a vulnerability to an environment and being in extreme emotional distress when you were a rich 21-year-old girl is a sign of inherent weakness. Um... I don't think that, granted, the guy who, the marketing guy or whoever it was who brought up the rape word probably could have used a better way of expressing his idea, even if it's an idea that I don't necessarily disagree with. But to say that it's torture porn or that she's moaning and it sounds sexual, I think People are kind of just looking for something that isn't really there. You know, I saw a armed man of low moral fiber stuck on an island who stumbled upon a beautiful young girl. An incredible situation. What would happen there? And all I saw was not a graphic rape scene or even a graphic attempt at it. I saw him touch her hip. And then get stabbed right in the face because of it, because the character that Laura Croft is and becomes in this game is somebody that would not go for that at all, you know. But people saw that and lost their minds and got so offended. But at the same time, when you, you see this long, huge article on how horrible that is. Then you see cut to trailer of Last of Us, guy gets shotgunned in the face, crowd cheers. Uh, trailer of God of War, guy gets brain ripped out, crowd cheers. Lollipop chainsaw, eight, nine out of ten, because it's got a crazy girl on a cheerleader skirt who is actually yeah. more objectified than Lara is. But no one seems to mind? Is it because the game is more realistic? And because it doesn't laugh at it? Is it because it's too real? You know, we talk so much about games needing to grow up, and then when we actually get an experience that, unfortunately and horribly, is kind of common with women. You know, given the statistics of sexual assault, that's something we're going to shy away from. At what point do we draw the line? You know, the girl with a dragon tattoo is a movie about a rape victim Uh, that won a fuck ton of awards. uh, Last I checked. And no one was screaming to get that banned. Is it because the medium of video games is so just much less respected? You know, is it because we're not in control of that person like we are in control of Lara? You know, there was there were so many other examples of these kind of things being treated so much more poorly with so much less respect that this is the thing that people want to get upset about, you know, and I don't think it's at all unreasonable for that character in that situation to act that way, you know, Um, and, and with the moaning it's like, okay, fall down a waterfall and hit tree branches, see what sounds you make you know, it's, she wasn't ever put in a, it wasn't, it didn't feel gratuitous, it didn't feel graphic, and at the same time, it gave you a justification as to why she had to cross that line. You know, why this girl who, again, is a spoiled rich girl, crosses that line and starts killing dudes. And and I just don't see what the big deal is, other than the fact that there are people that are going to scream for equality except for when it comes to a point where females actually have to be shown as weak and vulnerable and harmed. Um, I'm somebody that has championed female protagonists for a very long time. That doesn't mean I want them to all be gender neutral Mary Sues that never get hurt, that are always perfect, never show vulnerability and are, you know, it, it doesn't work that way. We need to take the good with the bad if we want these people to be treated like people to grow. I, I just, and, and, and I think people were looking at a headline, or looking for a headline specifically and going, whoa, Tomb Raider is a rape game. It's like, no, it's not. And a lot of the people, and every single person complaining about it, and, and every single person defending it to be fair, never played the game. I saw a demo of it. Ooh. You know? I'm more upset with the fact that it kind of looks like they've completely cut out all semblance of exploration and puzzle solving that the Tomb Raider series is known for. And that they've pretty much confined it to, yeah, it's going to be an Uncharted clone. Yeah. Which is fine, because if I want a Tomb Raider game that's exploring and abstract puzzles and stuff, I have a ton of them. You know, I'm a massive fan of the Tomb Raider series. Uh, But, you know, Lara Croft was a character designed in her in her infancy to be a sex object. And now that she was redesigned to not be that anymore, taken more seriously. Now it's disgusting. Like, I just think it's, ang- I, I think the anger is misguided, even if I can understand it. But I, I, I think that there are, are uh, bigger battles out there. And, and if the medium is ever going to progress, then we need to get past this. And we need to realize that context And, you know, the way it's handled can do a lot for it. Um, Because otherwise, there's a shitload of movies and music and TV that you need to be mad at along with this. And I don't see that happening. So, that's my piece on it.
1: A lot of games make me feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And kind of, Tomb is one of many. You know, like, I haven't talked that much about this game, but... I've always like I think a big part of it is just the way they've they've shown it. I mean So it's been a lot of discussion, right? There's been a lot of arguing left and right from different groups, and a lot of it sort of argues a lot around the problems I've had of the game up to its release. I, I'm totally fine with like the idea of Lara transitioning from uh mild mad or like a spoilt rich kid or something like that into a world-travelling adventurer who fights off all kinds of creatures and stops evil corporations from taking control of powerful artefacts. You know, I've said before, like, Another World is one of my favourite games of all time, and the whole concept of that game is that you're this feeble, pathetic human trapped in a world full of creatures that will tear you apart uh, if you so much as, you know, make the wrong step. You sort of have to be clever or else uh, clever and careful in order to advance to that world. The trailers and everything for Tomb Raider, you know, the first couple of trailers, and pretty much every every trailer ever since, like, I've seen the gameplay footage, the actual, uh, the demo played in front of the live audience, where you actually get to play as Lara, and you're kicking ass and stuff. But most of the trailers that I've actually watched for the game, like the the, the short one-minute, two-minute, you know, gameplay, uh, well, not gameplay, but just general trailers for the game, I thought it was kind of weird that they focused so much on Lara getting the crap kick out of her. Mm. Like, you know, like, I get that the game is about her transition from, you know, this young girl who really has no idea what she's doing into a hardened warrior who has to slowly but surely take out this massive group of pirates who, well, who knows what the actual overall story is, but it's her development from Sport Witch Girl into, uh, you know, basically a warrior within this world. That's fine. It's so weird to watch a trailer, though, where, where the main character just sort of spends the whole time sort of getting beaten around and, you know, doesn't really put up much of a fight. Mm. Like, I've never seen an Uncharted trailer that, that, that worked by that way. You know, people make comparisons to Uncharted, and of course people make unchar- comparisons to Uncharted because that's the game pl- sort of game style that they're going for. But at the same time, they've sort of like uh, a lot of it, like like you said, we haven't played the final game. I don't know how this ultimate so ultimately is going to turn out. I can only talk about all the trailers and stuff that just focus so much on her getting beaten up, and then to see stuff like the the like the quick time event where you sort of escape away from the sexual assault from the guy who wants to, you know, like. Mm. You know, and, of course, the, the failure state in that thing wouldn't be actually being assaulted. It would be dying because, you know. Mm. But it all seems kind of like maybe the game itself isn't that bad. But then they've maybe focused on the wrong things too much. Like they've they've thought so much about this concept of evolving the character that they that are kind of because they didn't want to show later parts of the game early yeah. on. They focus so much on when Lara is weak that it's sort of like, okay, when when are we going to see her kick ass? Because this 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 so far I've only seen her you know getting beat up and it's kind of weird for me. And, and p- part of it's just because. I haven't played any of the later Tomb Raider games, mm. I've really only played the earlier ones where you know they, she was already like this well-travelled explorer and stuff like that, um, and they were all kind of ridiculous in many yeah. ways, <laughs> and yeah. to go from that to this, which is incredibly raw and real, or not really that real because she kind of survives all kind of ridiculous shit. Mm. And, you know, she survives the plane crash, and then she sort of survives... Like, she sticks... She pulls, like, a bone out of her body in the... Or a stick out of her body in the trailer or something, doesn't she?
0: Yeah, it's been debated as to well, what exactly that is. If it's, like, a rib or something that she impales herself on, or...
4: Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah.
1: it's Something that she's yeah. impaled on, she tears out of her body. Yeah. You know, you can definitely argue that it takes a lot more strength than what a normal person could. Like, she's she's superhuman, <laughs> In this game. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's just... For me, it's just the focus. The the fact mm. that they focus so much on her suffering to, to show that, hey, she's going to tr- transfer from this, transform to this into something much more powerful. It's like, well... Okay, but all I've seen, all I've really seen, up until they showed the gameplay footage at E3, at least, you know, was just that, Really. And then I saw the gameplay from footage from E3 where she was jumping around and, you know, jumping across these huge gaps and um, shooting people and, uh, you know, setting off traps to, you know, destroy groups of enemies and stuff. And it's, it, it, you know, it's uncharted, basically. It, you, you're yeah. going around kicking ass. But there's a, you know,
0: do, do you see where I'm coming from at least? Like, Yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely do. And I think, I think it's a problem more of marketing, really. And I and I think that the marketing has not done the final product or what the final product is going to be justice.
1: Well, that's the thing. We don't know what the final product yeah. is going to be like. And, and well, I, and I perfectly admit that we're talking about a game that we've only seen
0: brief snippets of gameplay footage of and trailers. Mm-hmm. I, my suspicion is that a lot of what we're seeing are the first two hours of that game, if anything. Yeah. Um. I, I think there is a ton of this game that they are absolutely refusing to show to anybody because it is a Tomb Raider game, and I assume at some point you actually are going to be in a tomb. Um. The other thing is, from what they've shown, I
1: don't know mm-hmm. why she'd want to become a world traveler. <laughs> like, you go through all this shit, you get the crap beaten out of you, you, you come across like your dead friends being strung up on crosses. What? What? And after all of this, after all of this crap, you say, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make a career out of this. Like, what? Why?
0: Is well, it because you're a masochist? What? <laughs> to, to, to be, to be fair, well, there's, there's a few things I, I can say. I say, I get what they were going for, yeah, and I think that's why it doesn't bother me with what they've shown. Because for all the horrible things that do happen to her, she does keep getting up. Yeah, you know, it's not like she, it's not like they cut to the trailer ending. She's curling in a ball, applying lipstick, and crying about it. She just keeps getting up and keeps moving. Because, um, well, first of all, that would be a very fun game. Secondly, because I I think that it. Although they didn't show maybe as much as they could have to kind of assinge some of those fears that people have. Before the backlash, before I saw it, I didn't see a lot of these things other people see. You know, cause, yeah, again, the sexual assault thing, but then she killed the dude, you know, and then she was blowing up the shit with a bow and arrow. Then she was doing all these death-defying and ridiculous things. Um, I just think. Worst case scenario, the game fetishizes her being injured, you know, and this is actually the true intention of misguided males that are trying to specifically go for this feeling of you are some otherworldly third person who is protecting this other character. The game will be raked over the coals and we'll never see it again. Yeah. You know? And, and this will be the end of Tomb Raider, and then we'll get Tomb Raider Legend two, and everyone will forget it happened. Well, they probably won't call it Legend. Well, well, well yeah, I but, don't know. but or or Underworld two or whatever. <laughs> but my suspicion is this game is going to come out, and it's going to get nines and tens, and this whole thing is going to blow over. And I think that's the conclusion I'm basically coming to is that it's either going to be one of those two things, either. We're going to get the context for all of these things, and we're not going to get a sizzle reel of torture or pain, as it you know? Yeah. And that it's going to be spread out a lot longer, and in the context of the story, it's going to work a lot better. I think some of the stuff just doesn't demo well, and the choices they made sure. Like we said, marketing sucks. That Hitman trailer was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and that pisses me off more than this does, because I know for a fact that it's not a reflection of that game. But at the same time, and from what I can tell, the people responsible for that game also hated that trailer. But they didn't have any control over it. Should that person have made the statements that he made when it came to defending the game in the way he did? Absolutely not. Because he just made the flames bigger. But when all is said and done, it's going to be either... A complete embarrassment. It's going to get panned for being a bad game, or it's going to show that it does work, and we finally go, okay, that's what they're going for. Too bad the trailer sucked, but it's still a good game. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the latter side of of things, and and I I get frustrated whenever the idea or whenever somebody goes, yeah, this thing in this game shouldn't be there because I am personally offended or made uncomfortable by it. I, I, I don't believe anything, and I'm somebody that, you know, that'd be like me saying there, sh- there should no longer ever be an underwater level again in anything because I personally am afraid of water. Or, you know, I know somebody that personally was put through this or that. It, then don't buy it, you know? That's the only way you can really make, make the, your voice heard because other than that, it's just speculation. And all that we're saying right now might be irrelevant a month from now when they have a new trailer out that is a lot of, you know, Lara kicking ass and actually doing the more acrobatic tomb raiding things that we know her for. If anyone thinks the final game is going to have anything even resembling a rape scene <laughs> at this point, especially it's not happening. I'll be surprised, honestly, at this point, if that sexual assault scene still makes it in, given all the backlash that has happened. Mm -hmm. You know, they might heavily edit that out, and I think that's a shame. Not because I'm a fan of sexual assault. I'm like, oh god, the game is lesser because of it. But I think the art is lesser because of it, because we are then saying this or that is off limits. Although these things are not off limits for any other medium. You know, um. So I basically, I'm just saying. Let's wait and see, guys, is basically the stance I'm taking, and that I completely understand why people would be upset or uncomfortable, blame the marketing, not so much the people that have made the game and what they're going for, because I think I understand, even if they haven't made it completely and perfectly clear in the way they've approached things. So, but Yeah. Three hours.
1: Yep. It is currently 4 a.m. Yes. I should be hitting the sack pretty soon.
0: Well, guess what? We're out of segments, so that sack will be hit very soon. But Indeed not too hard. Will. We will not be impaling the sack or anything, please. Um, you know, throwing the sack down a waterfall. If you want to get in contact with us, and trust me, we have more feedback to read next episode, <laughs> and we will get to that feedback. Trust me. Contact, leaving us a voicemail, or just a, a written email like that. Or if you were somebody that had a question but for some reason missed the deadline, bring them on. We'll accept questions from here until eternity. Extra lives at earth dot. Or, or I'm sorry, earth dot two. Earth do Don't don't send it to earth dot two. See, uh-huh. I'm tired. Earth special lives at earth dash the number two I need more power up drink here. I'm getting tired too. Um yeah, that's where you can send us feedback for suggestions for playthroughs. How do you like the new format of the show? You know, we tried some different things. Obviously this is not a typical episode because it was longer than usual, but I think I think the way we have things now is going to work out just swell for everybody involved.
1: Two hours of radio questions is not going to be standard. No, not
0: Typically not. Um, but next episode, we're going to be back to our playthroughs. We're playing The Last Express. Heck yeah. 51 and 52 are the Last Express episodes. Our cutoff point for episode 51, I have one. When we go... when we're, we're at the end of the Etnang level, which is the Austria-Hungary level. July 25th. That is when we stop. It's a hard game to break down because of its nature, but that's the best I can do. And... So we're looking forward to giving that a try cuz I I've, I've yet to revisit and start it up yet so it'll be interesting. All right. But until next time guys, thank you for the outpouring of uh, support and questions, you know. Um somebody get on that picture of us on a, on a uh, bouncy castle. And we'll see you again in 2 weeks. Um oh yeah, the one thing that isn't changing uh, about the show, we're going to end the same way. Bananas. Bananas.
4: Ma chère mademoiselle, it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now, we invite you to relax, let us pull up a chair, as the dining room proudly presents...
3: Extra. Lives, extra lives, giving games a new test drive. Aaron Robinson and Dub's host, let us hope they both survive. They've played missed Star Peaks, Eternal Darkness took the piss. What does Will think? Quite a failure. He's the only dammy mailer. So come on, share your thoughts, you won't suffer crass retorts. And on feedback, all great podcasters do thrive. But if you like Nintendo, throw this out the window. Extra lives, extra lives, extra lives. On iTunes, Rated rate it, it there. Feedback Be back for to together. share. Try the decorum of the forum. You can post most anywhere. You're unsure and you're shy, but why not give it a try? Random's title rats did shizzle It's much better than I whistle. They have jokes, they have tips, and as long as there's no blips... It's released at under There's no surprise. So, so if, if you, you like that vibe, you, you just, just have to subscribe to Extra Extra life, If that jives, then suggest it to your wives. Extra Extra lives.
2: lives! Extra lives! Extra lives!
3: Life is so uncaring, and our hosts are just despairing. What can we do to make them hear our show? It isn't like the format is generic. What can we do we really do not know? Nine months they've been broadcasting, but is their appeal lasting? They need listenership, a chance to reach your ears. Most days they just sit around sobbing. Gloomy, sad, and dismal, so come on and make them cheerful. Extra lives, extra lives, if they were herbs and they be chives, Keeping the main course delicious, till my pudding then arrives. Gaming's great, that we know, so go and listen to this show. It's a podcast you'll be loving, oh my god, what's in the oven? A fruit salad I'm trying to cook, from the Extra Lives Food Book. It's where all my food based recipes derive. I'll add some more bananas Straight from the beer hammers Plus some choice Extra, life, it's extra, life. extra lives Extra lives Extra lives Extra, extra lives Comes around in blocks of the life There's more the so episodes of play-through And then we face a compromise Sometimes
2: it's a special guests, And then the banter is the part. best Arrow the first
3: is John Goodman But there there was He dealt a good room Game by Game. One Ooh, by, by one, the host will shout, out. Pack the I'm done! I'm, I'm so like stressed that I could have broken, broken out in hives! Forget this competition! do the last edition of extra, 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 extra Lives! Extra Lives! lives. Extra, extra Lives! It's Extra, extra. loud. man.